0: Boom! Strange situation. That's right. Make sure Life you guys subscribe, up and load thumbs up, it. ring the bell so you can be notified when we go live. We are live. We have a guest tonight, Michael Sodini of Walk the Talk America. Michael, we do jazz hands, man. That's how we do it here. You're going to have to do jazz hands. And then we and also have Mike Woodland. He does. Wa- no, Mike, you got to do jazz hands. Don't even try it. Oh, he's doing pinkies. But that's not Colion.
1: That's Michael Sodini. Oh.
0: oh. What does that mean?
1: I uh, do jazz pinkies until you jazz get them pinky. back to okay, reconfirm, okay. and he All does right. jazz hands.
0: Okay, if you want to do jazz pinkies, we're not going to hold it against you.
1: Thank you, kind sir. Yeah,
0: we're not going to hold it against <laughs> you. You can, you can jazz whatever you got. <laughs> can
1: I show my feet this time?
0: <laughs> if you're that flexible, go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that means I got to stand up. I'm yeah. not that flat.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. There's only so much showing off you could do, Mike. <laughs> so we've got Mike and Mike. It's going to be, I don't know, I'll figure out something. Um, this is episode 457 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Like I said, we have Michael Sedini of Walk the Talk America. We also have Mike of MW Tactical, Mike Woodland here. Um, we've got you guys. Everyone's in here. I invite everyone to smash the thumbs-ups right now. Now, if you're watching the show as you come in here we've got we've got people coming in so everyone coming in smash your thumbs ups share the video leave your comments ask your questions all that kind of stuff we'll be here for two hours just talking about whatever is going on in the world um, if you guys have things you want to talk about stories and things like that hit us with it let's start with a sadini what's up man Hey, man. Thank you for having me on. I've been a, a fan of yours for a while, so this is kind of really? fun. And to have Mike on here, too, which is great. Yeah. Oh. I haven't seen Mike in a bit. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Good. I'm glad you guys know each other. Yeah, Mike is a good dude. Um, I, You know what? I've heard about you. I've heard about you. We've, we've had someone you might know, uh, someone by the name of Pincus. Don't yeah. say his name think, too many times man yeah. he'll show up. Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> for all we know he's watching right now from the wings. You know, just making sure I don't uh create too much trouble. But yeah, we have had Rob uh on the show, so he's definitely mentioned you. I know Mike Woodland has also mentioned you. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Uh yeah, thanks again for having me, man. This is great. Awesome. Awesome. And then of course, Mike Woodland, how are you, sir?
1: I am doing great. It was another great week for me.
0: Okay, and I'm just happy to be here. All right, awesome. You look cleanly shaved. I don't know what's don't that's know. is it, every is that's
1: an everyday occurrence. Oh, is it
0: just me? Oh, okay. All right, all right. You know, uh, you know what? Yeah. I mean, whenever I know I'm gonna be He's in tr- front trying of trying to camera. stay looking young. You don't want everyone out there to know you're 55, right? Is that what it is? Uh, I wish think.
1: I was 55, but <laughs> <laughs> soon, but just not today.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's? Um, you know what's funny? Someone who is this CB just said that if you say Pinkus's name three times. You know, he'll peer at your door. No, he'll get yeah. married. <laughs> he'll get married. <laughs> That's
2: awesome.
0: That's, a, <laughs> that's actually a pretty good one. That's a good one. I got I to gotta give respect to that. I think that was CB that said that one. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? Actually, I should stay away from this subject because the last time when Rob was on and I talked about how many times he's been married, I think I got in trouble for having that conversation. So... From stay Rob with.
1: or from Lola?
0: Uh, no, uh, both actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, man. So, can you can you tell us, uh, Michael Sedini? Can you tell us what is uh, Walk the Talk America and uh, how how it came about? Like, for, maybe actually, we should do this first of all. Tell us who you are, man. What's your background here? Okay,
3: I uh, am a third generation firearms industry. Vet, you should say. Uh, my family owned uh, a distribution center called uh, Eagle Imports. We mm-hmm. would basically bring in firearms from all over the uh, the world. And we represented manufacturers that weren't big enough to have their own manufacturing in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So you found a guy like me to handle your marketing, your warranty, your sales, your customer service, uh, everything from top to bottom. I built your brand like that's that's what my job or the function of Eagle Imports is and uh, I sold that about four months ago to go to work full time for my nonprofit, which is Walk Talk America.
0: Okay, so, interesting. Yeah. So, how long has Walk to Talk America been around? A little over a year. Um,
3: it was uh, in July uh, two thousand eighteen um, mm-hmm. is, is when we kind of put it together. So, okay, um, it, for for as you know, a short a time it's been, it's been a, a whirlwind. I, I know Mike was. You were a little
0: familiar with it at uh, SHOT Show. It's it's come such a long way since then. Yeah, in that yeah. time, it seems like, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Mike, what were you gonna say?
1: No, I was just gonna say, um, when I actually first heard about it, I actually sat down with Mike at SHOT Show and we talked um, for about roughly like an hour and a half. I was just hanging out at the booth. But, um, well, the hour and a half was broken up because he had to run to another booth, come back to this <laughs> booth, we'll pick up the conversation where we left off, he'd leave again, come back. And um, it was just very interesting on um, how the process of every, everything got started. And then hearing the various stories of everybody that had input with the development of um, Walk to Talk America.
0: Yeah. So, so, Michael, how did this? Oh, I mean, I, I, I would love to get into Eagle Imports, which we'll probably do a little bit later. We'll get into a gun thing. But how did you actually start Walk to Talk America? And what's the aim of the organization?
3: Okay. Well, they, the, how it got started was actually kind of a interesting story. My national sales manager, Rafael DeValle, who's also an industry vet. He's been he's been in the industry for, for over 20 years. Um, we were we were out celebrating. Uh, we had just gotten done having a meeting with Lipsy's in Baton Rouge, which is a distributor. So we went down to New Orleans, Blossom Steam, and we just brought a random stranger to the table to eat. We're at this very crowded restaurant. This lady. Um, was by herself. Uh, She had read a book that Rafael had read. So they were making small talk. He said, come sit down with us. She didn't have any idea about how the firearms industry worked or, um, you know, she didn't have an opinion about firearms one way or another. She just didn't care. So she had asked us about mass shootings Mm -hmm. and kind of the political climate of what goes on, you know, after one of these events happens after one of these tragedies, and you know, Roth and I were probably both about eleven vodka sodas deep. <laughs> so I said, uh, uh, <laughs> "Okay." You know, yeah, it was one of those nights. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I said, "Hey, you know, the tragedy happens. Everybody blames the guns, the firearms. I said we blame mental health, and then it goes into circle, and nothing ever happens." Mm-hmm. And and she said one thing that that kind of just you know that was the aha moment. She said. If you identified the problem and you think it's mental health, how do you work with the mental health community, uh, you know, to, to make Earth better? Right. How do you do it? Mm-hmm. And it kind of blew me away. I said, well, I don't think we really do. I don't think we really talk to each other. So I became obsessed with that idea after that conversation. And I went back to Vegas, where I'm from, and did some research to find uh, out, out to see if there was anything in the past, any organizations within the 2A community that were working with mental health professionals. And I found that there weren't. So I stumbled upon a particular position paper by Mental Health America, which is the largest, uh, longest running, old, you know, oldest mental health organization, mental health rights organization. Okay. And, you know, I liked what they said in their paper. Their paper was, look, you uh, even if this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but we're going to stay neutral on firearms, meaning that, you know, they know that the mm-hmm. mental health
0: side of things generally leads towards maybe yeah. more. I mean, answer. that's right. That's a big thing. I think that um, and I'm sure we'll have some people get into that here as well. But whenever the whole issue of mental health, I think you're right from what you're saying, right? Um, around the gun issue, there's two sides uh, of the story when it comes to uh, you know, the the thing with guns, I think on the gun side, like you were saying, there are people that say, oh, you know, these are just crazy people and, and, and we have to do something about that. Therefore, it creates that stigma on the gun side of, um, you know, I don't want to if, if I have a problem, I don't want to tell anyone because I don't want to get red flagged or have that stigma put on me and, and have it follow me after that just because I have issues. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Hey, you're looking at. I mean, mental health is stigmatized. Uh, Mm -hmm. Firearms owners, we're stigmatized. Mm -hmm. So we're running parallel to each other without talking, or at least we were up until, Mm -hmm. you know, the stuff that we've done with Walk the Talk America. Um, But it just made sense. It made sense to reach out and say, hey, look, you know, we're stigmatized, too. And it's, you know, we lose. uh, Obviously, you guys know the numbers uh, Mm -hmm. with firearms and uh, suicides by firearms. It's it's Mm -hmm. two thirds. Right. Mm -hmm. That 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 massive number that everybody lumps together uh, Mm -hmm. when they have their anti-gun rhetoric Mm -hmm. could be uh, drastically reduced by reducing suicides by a firearm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just that alone. So, you know, to me, it made sense to do something that was like, look, let's check all your B.S. at the door. I don't care what your political view is. I don't care what you care about. If you care about rights for people that battle mental illness, you care about your two-way rights. Uh, We can work together to save lives and mitigate trauma and crisis. We don't have to wait for legislation. So everything we do has absolutely nothing to do with legislation.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not – we don't need more laws, I think. You know, no. I think we need very few laws, and uh, in, in a lot of cases, we have uh, laws layered on top of laws that make it very difficult uh, for people. I was just talking to some people about that today. So, um, how you guys you came up with this idea, right? From having this conversation with this uh, with, with someone that you. What was it? How how did you wind up inviting her to the table? Was it just like we're gonna eat? Let's feed someone, and you just. You know, uh, was she just cute and you were like, oh, let's let this invite this lady over. I don't know if anyone ever asked you this. So let me get into that first.
3: No, let me tell you something. I I wish every day that I would have uh, kept her like got her contact information. It was an older lady and she was Mm -hmm. reading a book. And and I went to the bathroom and Raphael was talking to her about the book, how great the book was. And then we just started making small talk. She was there by herself. And, you know, we sat down and we had an open chair. Mm-hmm. and I, we both sat there and I thought about it. I'm like oh invite that lady over for dinner like that's okay. so it was, a, it was a random thing but i mean thank god that you know she came and that that happened because i'm telling you it was just that simple question mm-hmm. that uh, sparked the idea yeah it was know? just an epiphany
0: for you do you remember what the book was i do not i do oh, not okay <laughs> So, yeah. OK, see, we got no way of tracking this down, man. Otherwise, yeah. you know, we can Sherlock Holmes this, you know. No, it's actually funny, though,
3: because after the dinner was over, we were standing outside. And of course, you know, Ralph and I are ready to keep going. And uh, I said, do you want to come out with us? Like, we're going to hit some more bars. And she was like, I'm good. I got a yeah. conference the <laughs> uh, But she said, she goes, I, I know you're going to do this. I'm looking at your face like she's like, I can tell. Mm-hmm. And I wish you luck.
0: And uh, it worked out. All right. Awesome. So so you had this idea. What were the steps that you took um, a year ago to 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 uh, to create what actually exists today, where you sold a company that's been in the family for, you know, what did you say, three generations? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I I reached out to Mental Health America. Um, I was I was super eager Uh, in the beginning. I really thought that I was. Going to be able to raise enough money from the firearms industry and just hand it over to the mental health side and say to them hey look we're going to help fund you because that's that's a big part of what their proposition paper uh or position sorry not proposition their position paper was mm-hmm. uh saying that they lacked the funds to to make uh a society with better mental health right like to get out there and actually uh, spend some money on programs on outreach. So at first, I just wanted to hand it over and say, look, you fix it. You know, we care. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing could be further from the truth. Like, there is, it's impossible. I mean, you can have all the money in the world, but you cannot predict the future. Mm-hmm. The only uh, future predictor of violence is previous violence, not mental health diagnosis. So I reached out to that side. Um, I, I went against Rob's wishes, I went against Colin's wishes. Uh, Col- Noir, mm-hmm. uh, two personal friends of mine that I had approached and said, look, I'm putting together this organization. Uh, would you be a part of it? Would you mm-hmm. help me with it if I did it? And mm-hmm. they both said, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was eager. I wanted to reach out to the mental health side. I did that. I sent what I called the Jerry Maguire, uh, email mm-hmm. that was just saying, look, we got to knock this stuff off. People are dying. Uh, what can we do to help? And they responded, um, you know, with, Hey, come out to LA. Uh, we'd like to meet you. We have a conference. And the day I got there, it was great. I walked up and the vice president of mental health America was standing out front by chance. And she, uh, said, who are you? I said, I'm the gun guy. And she said, we're, we're really glad you're here. Uh, Mm. she said, we didn't think you'd show up. Okay. You know, their, their history with people in the firearms industry, uh, hadn't always been great. Um, you know, I, kind of didn't care about that. I was just going to go in there and look for solutions. That's kind of how my personality is. I, you know, a lot of people like to bring up problems or issues. I just like to find solutions. If you're going to bring up problems or issues, find solutions. And that's what we did or we Mm -hmm. are doing. So some of the things that we're doing is, is so out of the box, but it's great because, you know, we're finally communicating with, I hate to do the side thing. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I really do. I hate to say like the other side, but Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing. Okay. and and we're finding ways that we can work together uh, that educate both sides, and it's good for both of us. So picture, uh, you know, I, I always say this: uh, I don't care, I don't care about golf, right? So if you were mm-hmm. to pass legislation on golf, I mean, I would probably ask one of my friends, be like, "Is that fair?" I don't know. Take my word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to apply it to to guns. There are a lot of people that actually aren't anti-gun on that side; they just don't know anything about guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the greatest part about having, you know, them come to SHOT Show and work my booth, which I have, a uh, you know, NSSF gives me a booth every year. Um, having them come over and kind of spend that time in our culture, the, mm-hmm. the, the gun culture, 2A culture, is great because they get to learn.
0: Yeah, and, that's a high and, level of commitment. You know, yeah, it is. Uh, by the way, Mike, Phil, Woodland, Woodland. So yeah, yeah, I have a hard enough time remembering names. So oh, trust I got, me. I, I, I understand
1: it. your struggle right yeah. now.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, listen, Mike, feel free to jump in here. I know that you know, you know, Sadini. So if you have anything, feel free to jump in. Here's what I want to go back to. I, we've got a we've got a bunch of things I want to unpack here, and I'm definitely going to take uh, questions from people. If if folks have questions or things that they want to get off their chest, stuff you want to talk about, if if maybe you feel like you know you have some issues, you like to talk to some friends who are here, we could talk about it. But let me just go back to this real quick before we skip over it. Why did uh, Colion Noir and uh, Rob Pincus advise you not to talk to these guys? What was their reasoning uh, it, there? it
3: was. It was simply because we weren't ready yet. And when mm-hmm. I came up with the idea and I went, and I, I mean, just the fact that the name Walk the Talk America was available, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, to me, I'm getting all these signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm eager. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, look, my heart's in the right place. I want to do this. They're like, look get the website up first. How about (laughs) about let the government okay the 501c3? (laughs) Okay, they were trying to be
0: logical and talk about steps, but you sound like a very passionate guy. You just saw the bigger picture and you're just like, I'm going to bulldoze through this thing, right?
3: That's exactly what it was. And Mm -hmm. I was excited. I I Mm -hmm. just knew, uh, you know, I, they call me the ungun gun -gun guy. There's a reason for that. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. Because I I grew up in New Jersey and I grew up in in California. I grew up in two places where it was just tough to be a gun person, especially when you lived in the city. Um, So when I came into the industry and I I was in the industry briefly in 98 and I came back in 2006, I mean, one of the things I loved about the industry was the people, right? Mm. There were so many good people in the industry that were so misunderstood or stigmatized I know a lot of people, uh, especially from just the industry standpoint, we don't cheer when there's mass murders. We don't have blood on our hands. We care about freedom and we care about protection and we care about those things. So you know, wh- what I wanted to do is give it, you defend your rights so much. You, you sometimes when you're called a murderer or you're told you have blood on your hands or you're called a crazy person who loves mm-hmm. guns, um, you kind of get caught up in defending yourself or you get frustrated. What I want to do is show another side of the industry. Right. I wanted to show uh, the other people, like, look, mm-hmm. uh, there are things that we can do or there are things that we want to do. Uh, no one's just given us a chance to talk to us. Sit yeah. down and talk to me and then let's figure out what we can do and guide me, educate me, mm-hmm. teach me. You know, so it's been a
0: learning experience both ways. Mm-hmm. I think, you know what? we. So we have a saying like um, it, it, those of us in the industry who believe in the Second Amendment. Right. We say that guns don't kill people. People kill people. Right. So, you know, if you want to be logical about this and you think about it, guns can't save you either on their own, right? You know, you right. save you save yourself. You know, so ultimately, a lot of the problems that we have as human beings don't have anything to do with the inanimate things in the universe around us. You know, it just really has to do with us. Right. It's all it's all perspective. It's all inside your head. You know how you're looking at the world or how you're looking at something that happens to you. Um, You know, and it's not to say that people don't do bad things to you or bad things don't happen to you. Um, They do. It's how you how you take that on, how you deal with it. Right. And, And that's really, I think, what the whole like mental health and that's just like a label that we're putting on it. We could, you know, whatever it is that it takes the people to understand that. I think that, so. I think that's where that whole thing comes in.
3: Yeah. And, and it's, you know, the, there was a learning curve for me as well. I didn't mm. really, I knew mental health needed to be addressed and I've always known it's been something that is, uh, it's big for me. Mm. Uh, You know, this I don't know how to segue into this, but Mm -hmm. at Eagle Imports in 2006, the reason why I became the president of my own company Mm -hmm. is because I lost uh, not only one of my really good friends, but the president of the company, he took his life, Mm. uh, you know, suicide by firearm. So it was something that was a little bit of a passion for me, Mm -hmm. but going into Reaching out to the mental health side, there was a lot of stuff that I did not understand. I thought mm-hmm. that you could profile people and, you know, catch the next mass shooter. I was mm-hmm. wrong. I didn't. I didn't understand those things. So, you know, there were. I was a little naive approaching the mental health side at first. Um, my language, you know, I learned to watch some of the things that I would say. I learned to say stop saying things like "crazy with a gun" or "lunatic with a gun." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I saw someone in the uh, in the chats talking about, you know, medications, addressing those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I always wanted an easy answer when there was a tragedy. I thought, OK, well, these medications thats one thing they all have, but not realizing that millions of people are on these medications and mm-hmm. we don't have shootings every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, little things like that, that I you know, it's been a learning experience for me as well. Mm hmm.
1: One thing I can say about, um, one thing I can say about, um, Mike Sadini's program is that I think, um, since the beginning and now that the word is out and everybody's been sharing it amongst, um, the two a community, that it makes it easier for someone who actually has an issue or needs someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, I remember I was reading something one day and it came across and I was like, that's the bridge right there, you know? Mm -hmm. So it makes it a lot easier.
0: Yeah. I think that's that's a powerful thing. What you just said, whether you realize it or not, someone to talk to, mm-hmm. very very important. You know, human beings, uh, we need people to talk to, right? I think that's one of the things that in our when we're always trying to figure it out. Like Sadini was just saying. Uh, when we're trying to figure out why these things happen, it is tough, I think, to put it all on one thing or even multiple things. Like you're saying, like, how do you how do you create an algorithm that catches someone when every if, what are we like, seven billion people on the planet? If, if everyone potentially at, at a moment's notice can become your enemy or become destructive. It's uh, you know, there's things that you can do, but it's not going to you know it's not going to help you you might catch some people over here but you have other people but one thing i think is a common thing things get worse when people think they're on their own and they don't have anyone to talk to they don't have someone to like let the thoughts out of their mind you know let those things get out there bounce it off of someone have someone uh you know give them their perspective because like i said you're looking at everything from your own when you hear it from someone else it kind of helps right
3: yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and mm-hmm. you know, to, to circle back to the story of the, the former president of my company, uh, one of the reasons why, um, you know, he got to that level of crisis was mm-hmm. because he didn't, something had happened. Uh, he, had, he had gotten a DUI and he thought that he couldn't work in the firearms industry. Um, he thought he wasn't going to be able to work near firearms because of that and unfortunately he was misinformed and that's one of the biggest things that that, you know i see with a lot of people is they don't really understand something so they don't go get help because they're worried so Mm -hmm. part of walk to talk america is creating solutions that are you know i I, cliche words and phrases right like safe Mm -hmm. spaces for Mm -hmm. example our safe storage program or Mm -hmm. just educating a lot of people on how counselors cannot take your guns Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's something I learned uh, by hanging out with a lot of counselors, <laughs> mental health clinicians. Right. They're like, how, how could I possibly do that? And I'm like, okay, wait, 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 break it down for me then. Um, you know, these are the type of things that you can have these conversations that aren't emotionally driven when you're around these people. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and like I said, the education just to
0: make that clear, you're saying count like uh, mental health counselors cannot take your guns, or is no, they can't take your guns, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that that, there's a huge risk
3: of that. And if you go on the Walk Talk America website, there's a Mm -hmm. shared stories section. Mm -hmm. Um, We have had mental health clinicians who have written. Now, uh, there's some catches to that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one of the things that I love about bringing the two worlds together. So, you know, we went on this kick where we were showing people, look, mental health clinicians cannot take your guns. And if you find that article on the website under the shared stories. Yeah, um, I'm trying to pull it up here. Let's see, shared stories, okay. That's great, that's a great one. It shows you how you Mm can't. But then we had some people write in from New York State and they're like, not so fast, Mike. Here's where it gets a little interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. So then I, I took the information from that person, I brought it to Mental Health America, and I actually said to Mental Health America, is this true? Because mm-hmm. if this is true, then what you're saying goes against everything that you believe in. And mm-hmm. the cool part about it is they didn't even know that the New York State fact was asking questions that basically uh, add to the stigma of mental health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was brought to their attention. Remember when I went back to my analogy about golf, how mm-hmm. I don't care? Mm -hmm. I I won't look into things that I don't care about. I'll just assume they're okay, especially if I'm not into guns. So sometimes it takes uh, people like us to educate mental health clinicians or people that work in mental health rights. And they Mm -hmm. have to understand, um, you know, some of these things are bad. Uh, (laughs) Some of them go against everything they believe in.
0: Some of the things they're doing work against them. Okay, I'm going to try to do this in an organized way because I know there's like a whole bunch of things um, coming in here because I see questions from people and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know Vanessa Kitty asked a question at the top, so I'm going to take this one. I'm going to take her question and then I think I'm going to segue that into um, talking about doctors and uh, counselors, et cetera. She says, for all suicides, how many are firearms versus other categories? So um, that's like a question that came up uh, way back when you. Oh, were-
3: su- suicide by
0: firearm is over half of suicides, it's over half. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what do you you know? Is that just like a opportunistic thing? So you know, because I think people have been committing suicide. <laughs> you know, if we if we go back in the in the dawn of creation of man, right? There's been people doing that. Um, and so I think that if we took away guns, we're still going to get it. It just happens to be an easy way for a lot of people. That's why we're seeing it happen. Do you do you agree with that? Right. Or? Uh, I so. Obviously, you're never going to stop
3: suicide as a whole, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but one of the things people have suicidal ideology, and you can have it for years. But usually, what happens that what happens to make you take that next step is a trigger. Mm-hmm. Something finally happens, mm-hmm. right? So the idea is that if you look at people like I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kevin Hines, but he's he's the gentleman who jumped off the Golden State uh, bridge or the gold gate bridge. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he had thought about suicide for years, but one day he snapped. And if you hear his story, basically he's talking about, he just wanted someone to tell, to ask him if he was okay. Mm-hmm. And he went the whole day saying, look, I'm going to go all the way out to the bridge. And if somebody asks how I'm doing, or I'm okay, I'm not going to do this. Okay. And he got off the bridge and nobody asked. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not going to work for everybody. Well, it didn't work for Kevin either. He actually attempted to take his own life and he jumped off the bridge and he Mm lived. Uh, but the thought process is pain and crisis are temporary. So is mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and what I want to do is mitigate that number. Uh, I want people to be able to link up and get help without losing their rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's important. And that's everything Mental Health America stands for. It's the same thing. You shouldn't have to wear a scarlet letter because you battle mental illness. Right. Um, and just because you have bipolar disorder doesn't mean that you can't go your whole life without hurting a fly. Uh, mm-hmm. And you should be able to have your Second Amendment rights intact to protect yourself and your family. Yeah. Or maybe it's therapeutic, right? Maybe you like going to the range
0: and shooting. Yeah. So, you know. I think this is why it's so scary. I don't know if Mike wants to jump in here, but I think this is why it's so scary because to me, the number of things that could be going on, it's like it's as wide as an ocean. It's as massive as the ocean if you're thinking about it, right? Because on on one hand, there's different uh, physical problems that people may have with like you're talking about bipolar disorder, etc. But then it seems to me that the human brain is constantly questioning itself. So every single human being on the planet is constantly going through things where they question themselves. You know, then if you compound that with people might be bullying you or it seems like the the number one thing for humans is to hate other humans or try to pull people down and, and all this kind of stuff. When you when you keep adding these things to it, it's like maybe if we separate it, there's the everyday things that you're dealing with that could give you make you have a bad day or feel miserable or create issues for you and then there's actual physical things that you may have maybe some just something's missing there or something's wired wrong right
3: well Well,
0: oh sorry mike yeah go ahead mike
1: yeah i was just gonna say that uh, a few things that um i've actually seen one thing was when we first got back from iraq the first time on the initial evasion
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, when people were coming back if they had an issue then you know like The stuff we done, a lot of people couldn't handle it straight up. Mm -hmm. So, of course, when they would bring it to someone's attention, next thing you know, they was getting put out the army. But since then, the army has reverted itself and they actually give you the help that Mm -hmm. you need in a sense of speaking. But in that same sentence, I've seen it, whereas people who was having issues of some such, when they was at the range, you see them actually get relaxed if they're shooting at the range. And that was like our job when we're shooting at the range. Mm-hmm. So it can work both ways, as as you had already stated also. Mm-hmm. But the archangel, he wanted me to ask you this. Um, can you ask Mr. Sidini what he wants us to do to help spread his message to others and educate the masses? So one thing I can actually say that I actually do this every day. And if you go back and look at the videos that I post with me shooting,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I wear... The bracelet. And Mike actually gave this to me. So when we was at Shot Show, when he gave it to me, I put it on, and this is the same one I've been rocking ever since. Mm-hmm. And um You've got
0: two I, on. Those are both walk the talk.
1: No, 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 no. One is um the, the pink one, the color one. Mm-hmm. This is what my, my daughter gave me for a Valentine's Day present. Okay. And um and then the other one is what Mike gave to me at Shot Show. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when when people actually see it, like I said, it is a conversation starter. But at the same time, I always tell people, hey, check out the website. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, people will take a picture of it, you know, mm-hmm. and then if, if they go to it, um, they'll either say something. But mo- mainly, I never follow up with other people to see if
3: they went to it or not.
0: Mm-hmm. OK. Um, do you want to jump in there on that, Sedini? Uh,
3: uh, yeah. But I just want to say one thing. Hank, what you were talking about earlier is what I like to call variables. Right. Mm-hmm. And variables play a huge There's variables to everything. I mean, that's when you're looking at that big picture and saying, you know, mental health battling uh, bipolar disorder is is you could battle bipolar disorder, but you could also come home and catch your wife with another man. And that that act of anger has nothing to do with your bipolar disorder. That act of anger of catching your wife with another man that may 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 act violent. You may act violent. Mm -hmm. Could just be out of rage. Um, uh, Anger management, impulse control. Those are not mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's exactly what you're, you know, I, I kind of just wanted to, to, to say you're right. Mm-hmm. There's so many variables to everything. But yeah. back to the question about what can you do to spread the word. Um, obviously, social media is great. Anytime people mention us. Um, you know, we're always looking for donations. We have, we do not have one paid employee. Everybody who does this, does it for the love of the game and their passion. I sold my business so I could do this full time. Uh, I've committed to doing a year, uh, without trying to look for money <laughs> for myself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that was wow. one of the great things about the yeah. buyout. Do you still uh, have bills? I still have bills, okay. but uh, I'm, I'm okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, um, right, that, right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but the the other the other thing is is uh, you know we have things like our uh, you know free and anonymous. Uh, many people are familiar with this. If you go to the website, we have these cards that are are there for download. If you know any local gun shops or you know any uh, manufacturers, we there's about eight right now that put this in their their gun flyer. Uh, the, it's a gun flyer they put in their gun box. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know this basically leads to just the hold that free up to anonymous. the
0: camera. I've got you in full screen right now. If you want to. Okay, so please uh, do not throw this out. It says, uh, uh, "Mental health is—it's okay to talk about it. Everyone has it. Some might need help with it. Walk the talk, America is with you, right?" Yeah, that's basically what I can read on there.
3: Yeah, and it has the link where it's there's there's a bunch of different screenings that you can go to that are free and anonymous, and you can go take them and see Mm -hmm. where you land if you answer them honestly, um, Mm -hmm. and see if you might want to get help, and then through Mental Health America's um, network, you know, you can maybe find a place that's local to you. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Um, So, so that's you know, things like that. And and let me tell you something, Hank. Like this is this is why this is important because half the people uh, that, that are anti-gun, the reason why they're anti-gun is because they think we don't do anything, right? Mm -hmm. So I can tell you right now, I'm around a lot of people that are anti-gun because I go to a lot of these functions. I've actually talked with people from Brady and stuff like that. And I love when I can show them what we do, when Mm. I can tell them, look, there's eight manufacturers that put this in all of their firearms boxes. Look at this. And I put it right in their face and they're like, yeah, man, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to admit, that's pretty cool because a lot of them think we don't do anything. So my thing is, is like, it's like when Richard Sherman told What's-His-Name, I want to be better at life than you. I want to look at everybody that is anti-gun and be like, hey, you want to help? I do more than you. I'm better than you. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I love about it is it gives it the, the 2A community and gun culture a chance to beat their chest and say, this is what we
0: do to save lives. What do you do besides yap on Twitter? Right. Yeah. And I think uh, I think another part of that is even the like what uh, Mike was saying here, just going sometimes going to the range. It's therapeutic. This is what a lot of people don't understand. You know, I don't I don't know if you want to call this the sports or the activity side of it, but going out there and having to go through the motions of, of being safe or figuring out how this gun works of of sighting it in shooting long distance or target shooting all of that kind of stuff helps you to cuz sometimes with your with your issues you need to think about other things right it's often like the i don't know the easiest way for me to explain it is like driving a stick shift car right This is the reason why guys who like stick shift, that's why we like it. You get into the car and you're shifting and all of that stuff. And by the time you get to your destination, whatever you're mad about, because you just had to, you know, you just had to use that clutch shift on hills and all kinds of things, right, and traffic. And it's like this thing working through your mind. And I think it's the same thing with firearms. And people don't realize that, of course, We, you know, we should do more than, you know, more than just that. How can people how can people actually like help you help walk the talk America? How can people do that?
3: Like I said, just keep passing the information along. I mean, there's, um, you know, if if you know a gun store that would like to feature Mm -hmm. these cards or give Mm -hmm. them out when they make uh, they 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 sell a gun or just keep them on the counter. Mm -hmm. Right. Just contact them and say, hey, I'd like to put these flyers out um, that's, that's definitely one way financially. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it costs money to have these things printed and it mm-hmm. costs money to, to run this and, and kind mm-hmm. of do what we want to do. But, um, you know, those are the types of things that we need. We need people to spread the word. Um, even, you know, if you're financially strapped, just share it on Facebook, you know, yeah. share, share yeah. links,
0: Yeah, uh, support uh, us that
3: way. Cause the more people that find out
0: the better yeah okay so we got a, we got a uh, super chat from John Crump I'm just gonna read it to you I don't know do you know Crump yeah I do yes. actually yes he's he yeah. gave us a couple of bucks he says he has huge anxiety he says I bet a bracelet would help I think that he's trying to get a bracelet you know, <laughs> uh, maybe but he, John knows that like, he's going to get a bracelet. Maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he's not gotten a bracelet, you know, um,
1: sure. he can email me his address. I still yeah. have some from, um, yeah. shot show that I can
0: give or him. Or we can do arts and craft. Maybe you get some paper, John, you fold it up, you put, you know, you make it little, you, you, you fold it up real thin, make your own bracelet, put some tape at the end, right? Once you make it into a ring and then you can write whatever you want to on it. So, um, Okay, so you were you were talking about exactly what people need to do if they want to support you. Uh, I, I didn't know if you wanted to jump in there, Mike. If you had any, um, if you had any things. Otherwise, I've got like there's a bunch of things going on here that uh, questions that we have. Someone says, "What do you guys think about doctors that do not want gun violence labeled as mental health issue, since not all violence is mental health?" So that's a question. I'm not sure where that came from, but Lola handed. That to me on a paper because there's lots of comments coming up here and I'm missing all of them since we're talking. Okay, so what uh, it says? To, uh, what do you guys think about doctors that do not want to um, gun violence labeled as a mental health issue? So, I, um, I I think that's great. I don't I don't think
3: gun violence should be labeled as a mental health issue. Okay. I think I think it's quite the opposite. I think I think that adds to the stigma. That's mm-hmm. why people don't want to go get help is because they don't want to be considered crazy or Mm -hmm. violent, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like I said before, the only future predictor of violence is previous violence, not Mm -hmm. mental health diagnosis. So you could take 10 people that have bipolar disorder or schizophrenia and Mm -hmm. all 10 of those people could actually never do anything to anybody their whole life, never even do anything to themselves. And then you put one person who actually doesn't have a mental health diagnosis at the end of that and he could have road rage one day because he's upset and having a bad day, and someone cuts him off, and he could do something really stupid. Yeah. You see, and that's where the danger is of trying to say, uh, look, obviously, normal human beings don't go into schools and shoot children, right? We, yeah. we know. That. But to label that a mental health issue is wrong. It's just not, it, that may be a particular issue for one individual, mm-hmm. not a bunch of
0: people. Mm hmm. So, um, okay, let me just get this out there quickly. Crump gave us another couple of bucks. He says also people buying popcorn would help. So if you want to know how to buy popcorn, you can ask Crump about that. Um, I think this thing with the doctors could be, um, could be a double-edged sword, right? There might be some doctors that don't want gun violence labeled a mental health issue because maybe they don't want uh, you know, people to use that as an out, right? I think we have certain outs in the law... Like if you if you uh, were mentally unfit, right, people say, oh, I did this and it was because of I was temporarily insane or something like that and they get out of it. So this could be I'm not sure exactly, you know, whoever asked the question would have to define for us exactly where they were coming from on that one. But um, I think that, and then I think there's some doctors out there that just wanna take guns away from everyone. I think this is one of the things that becomes a stigma for people because there's doctors now that when you go in and talk to them, they're asking you if you have guns in the home and there are people feeling like, why do I have to answer that question? And if I answer that, do they then, because already, for example, for already when you go in to talk to your doctor, there's there's already questions on those questionnaires asking you about your mental state. Which really your heart,
3: once again, shouldn't follow you the rest of your life. Right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. See, this mm-hmm. is what I love about working with Mental Health America because they are they are rights advocates. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have advocacy groups that go after people that violate the rights of people that battle mental illness because it shouldn't matter. I do it all the time. Like when I find something, I send it over to them and I'm like, mm-hmm. we need to talk about this. And they're like, mm-hmm. you're damn right we do. And they mm-hmm. didn't even know it existed. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff. Uh, the other thing too, to be fair to some doctors, mm-hmm. just so we're, we're, you know, we're going with both extremes. Mm-hmm. There are some doctors that actually don't want to report things because they don't want people to lose their rights.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, whether that's out of fear of retaliation or also just fear of you know, branding somebody for the rest of their life because mm-hmm. they put something in. That's why it's so hard to keep records. Yeah. Um, some of the records, you know, over the years in places, some doctors refuse to turn in because they're like, yeah. eh, no, I'm not going to do that to somebody. That's
0: a that's a huge part of all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are worried about records and lists being kept and things correlating and how does mm-hmm. this thing exist and how, you know. Um, because yeah, if you have issues, you should be able to talk about it, but then someone shouldn't be able to use that against you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think, um, just like everything else, there are a lot of people in the medical field that understand, like, this is just a tool right now being used for an election Mm -hmm. because every time you turn around, the scapegoat is always mental illness, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, but, I do believe a lot of people understand that, and they're trying to battle it within, but it also depends on the area you live in and the political um, money that's in that area as well.
0: Yeah. I think everyone uses that uh, mental illness thing, like Sadini is saying. I think people Mm -hmm. on both sides do that. Um, Hold on. There was someone that, Dude Abide says, so why does the majority GOP and DNC want to scapegoat mental health for guns?
1: It's, it's an easy fight. It's easy to yeah. play that word game.
3: Mm-hmm. You're, you're playing on people's emotions. Like, let me, let me give you a prime example of something that a lot of people don't think about. I know that you have some people in the chat here that are bringing this up, but mm-hmm. um, October 1, right down the road for me, I, I live near Mandalay. Uh, we lost 59 people that, that day uh, mm-hmm. to, to gun violence, a tragedy. Mm-hmm. We lose 58 people a day to suicide by firearm. Mm-hmm. We have an October 1 every day that the media cannot sell ad space for. Think about that. There's an October 1 massacre every day that you don't hear about. 58 people. So, uh, you, you know, somebody goes out and had the, you know, I'm not putting down tragedy like that. I, mm-hmm. I get it. It's, it's important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that gives CNN and Fox a month or two months worth of stuff to talk about, whereas Fifty eight people who die by suicide by firearm, that doesn't do anything. Nobody cares about that. But that's what my world is. I wake up every day to a mass shooting because that's the numbers I play in. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, firearms and mental health intersect at one corner and that's suicide, period. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't really pull emotion out of people. Mike's Mm -hmm. right. Like they know how to get that. Of course, is going to be a topic. You want votes. You want people, you know, you want a virtue signal. You want to do all those things.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's some people just to play devil's advocate on that. Right. There's some people are going to say, okay, if we're losing this many people to suicide by firearm, we could fix that by just making the firearms illegal, just taking all the firearms from the people. We could fix that. What do you say to this? I was
1: going to say, even when you look at it from that standpoint, but now that political process is you're going in and, of course, if you start messing with the Constitution, the Second Amendment is the gateway for every other amendment within mm-hmm. the Constitution, mm-hmm. right? And then that's going to affect state rights and how people actually do their jobs and protect their property. And then that can also lead to all kind of mayhem, you mm-hmm. know, just rough, rough case scenario.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say to that, Sadini? Well, yeah, that's that's another
3: instance where if <laughs> if people were going to try to do that, that's exactly why I have a, a organization like Mental Health America behind me, mm-hmm. um, because that they, uh, clearly everybody knows. I mean, you could give it a shot. I mean, people are people. Our rights are under attack all the time. I mean, now so more than ever. I mean, I think we have to, to understand that, and that's that's why I never fault anyone for wanting to be cautious. Um, but I just it's hard for me to see uh, people using that as a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I think they're going to use tragedy. Yeah. Uh, they're going to go towards, or those damn gang bangers. It's the same old rhetoric, you yeah. know? That's one of the reasons why that, you know, walk the talk, that's where I want to go with this. I want to, if I'm going to say, look, two thirds of the deaths are, are suicide and the rest of these damn gang bangers, guess where I'm going first? Suicide and underprivileged, underserved communities. Because once again, I want to be able to look everybody in the face and go, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Here's what we do to to make change and positive change and clean things up and educate people. You know, that's why I love, uh, you know, the Maj Torres and the people like that. that They're running there to teach de-escalation. And then, you know, the people that are with me on suicide prevention, you know, I think we need to be the first ones there.
0: Yeah. Um, and as L V Louis Cypher says, still suicides in Japan and China, right, where it's not easy for people to get. The- I don't think that it's the tool that you use to do something. Uh, it's it's the you know, it's the re- like everything else that goes behind that. Right. You know, like you were talking about this guy that said, oh, I'm going to walk to this bridge. And if someone says, hey, are you OK, then I'm not going to jump off of it. That's just a rationalization. The bridge is just a tool. We shouldn't make bridges illegal because he said that, right? We shouldn't say, right. you know what? No more bridges or no more, um, you know, no more roofs that people can jump off of. I grew I grew up in New York City, man. I literally used to see that um, on a weekly basis in in New York. Believe it or not, right? Um, if yeah. you go back to when we had, uh, when when was it that we had the uh, the The first major crash in the stock market, like right before the Great Depression, there were just people flinging themselves up because this is just the most easy thing. It's opportunity, you know. People will always, uh, because of the, because we're human beings and we have these problems. When they pile up on us and we reach a certain point, we're going to, we're going to, choo- we're going to choose the easiest way out. That whatever we think is the easiest way out. Yeah, it's very impulsive.
3: Right. And that's that's just it. And what I'm here to do is try to mitigate this suicide by firearm number, Mm -hmm. because that number, the number of deaths by firearms gets thrown around a lot. And it's not explained. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, CNN's not going to do it for sure. Um, You know, but that's just it. If we could mitigate that number. I mean, there's nothing wrong. There's no end-all solution to this, but there's nothing wrong with trying to cast a wide net mm-hmm. and and bring some numbers down. You know? Um, hey, look, if you're a stone cold, I don't care about people. I'm Ivan Drago. If he dies, he dies. I mean, good for you. But that's not my lane. That's not what I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I let other people in the firearms industry stay in their lanes or go into their lanes and and work on the things that are important to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Mine are two-way rights uh, and and better mental health and suicide and trauma mitigation.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think all of us, I mean, you know, obviously there's some just people who are just horribly wired or broken or evil or however you want to put it. But I think all of us as human beings, we don't want to see other people hurt or destroy themselves, right? And it, yep. when it happens to us, it bothers us. I think it's probably very difficult to to think about, you know, people who haven't seen something like this or aren't aware of this or or don't, you know, maybe worry about this every day about the people that they love. Right. Because you you, there's we all have people around us that we love and we care about. And we hope that when they're going through so much stress, you know, that they think that they start thinking this is the easy way out. We hope they don't do it because. You know, we realize how, you know, tragic and painful it's going to be to us to not have them. So we're all trying to think like, okay, you know, I would hope that anyone that I love and care about would somehow be able to talk to me or talk to someone else and deal with this instead of doing that ultimate thing that we can't pull them back from.
3: I I agree with you 100%. I mean, I think preservation of life is important. I mean, I I tie that to owning a firearm. I mean, that's right, like protecting my family, protecting myself. Um, And I think that also applies to just people. Uh, That's one place where I know I can meet most people at is, you know, I don't want to see children hurt. I don't want to see people hurt. I don't want to see people die. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's, it's a, to me, obviously, suicide hits close to home. I've lost a couple people to it, um, but I also lost somebody that was very pro two uh, a and worked for my company, ran my company and was a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it means something. And I also know what it's like to, to get that phone call. It's not mm-hmm. a pleasant one. And then it's really not great when you're like, OK, he didn't understand. He wasn't educated enough that he couldn't go get help over this issue. Um, that's a problem, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, look at the NYPD recently, look how many people they've lost, Mm -hmm. uh, because of the New York safe act and no one wanted to go forward and getting help. You know, and that's one of the great things, like I said, about mental health America is they have their advocacy team now fighting against the safe act, um, fighting Mm -hmm. against certain aspects
0: of, of red flag Um, laws. Just explain how, um, the NYPD has lost people through the safe act.
3: Uh, well, New York, unfortunately, is one of the states where your mental health records can can uh, destroy your clearance or also violate your Second Amendment right. Um, you know, I saw somebody earlier say in every state, if you say you are out of anxiety, no, that's not true. Um, uh, but, you know, New York is one of them where you could make the case, hey, it's a, it, it's a little dangerous here to, to be honest. Um, and what's happened is it's really taken effect in the and YPD, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, a couple of people that are actually really close to the 2A uh, community, uh, people that were at Shot Show every year, have recently taken their own lives, mm-hmm. um, and I think they've had over ten or something like fifteen in the last year, uh, because, like I said, people get to what what I call stage four. Um, and then there's a before stage four concept, right? You don't wait to go get the cancer taken care of, or many people do, unfortunately, when it's at stage four. Same thing with your mind. Um, you know, By the time people you know, should go get help, most of them are – you can't come back from it. They're it's already, they're already too past
0: that stage. Okay, so, so you're, you're saying that the SAFE Act <clears> – <throat> so because of the SAFE Act, if you have some mental issues and you talk about it – then that's used to disarm people, including in the in the, in police department. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's led to those people committing suicide.
3: Uh, yes, it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and, and let's, okay, so let's just take the suicide angle out of this for a second. Mm-hmm. Think about how many people have not received help and had a quality of life because they were afraid, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not all about, you know, everybody ending it. It's also about just, People are like suffered and you know what happens when people don't go get help, right? They mm-hmm. they can. That's when you might get your person who develops a drinking problem or mm-hmm. a cocaine habit or maybe starts uh, beating their family members. You know, there's all kinds of really dark places you can go when you don't go get help or find a way to mitigate your own trauma or crisis.
0: Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, a lot of like, I don't know, man, I hate to say it again. I think it's just perspective in our brain. Something happens and we think, oh, OK. So, for example, we're talking about, you know, if you're a police officer and then something that you say, some stress you went through, you talk about it. And then they use that stress to take you off the streets or, you know, to bench you, whatever it is. Right. And then that starts to compound and leads in a, in a direction where you take your own life. That's perspective. That's that person seeing that that's the end. You know, I think this is what happens to all of us. That something happens and we think, meh, there's no way, there's no way, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's no way tomorrow is a better day. You know, I've I, I always tell people, um, you know, like to me, I've uh, I've seen someone get into a position where they are literally ready to run into a bank and rob that bank. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. you, it's something you might not think about it, but how do you get to a position where you're like, maybe sitting in a car, you know, you have you you know, you have a gun, you're thinking, I'm gonna go into this bank, threaten people's lives, and when I rob this bank, I'm gonna solve my problems.
1: Well, you ever heard that saying before, when people say, I'm tired of being sick and tired? Mm -hmm. that's where it comes from. That's where it leads to you think, I don't have no place else to run. This is the only outlet I have. But yet it just takes somebody else that looks at it from a different perspective to tell you everything you have to live for and what you're about to lose by doing something. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, if they put it in perspective about everybody who is going to affect off of your actions. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once you, you reach somebody, Now, that's when the help starts coming in, because now your perspective, you're going to look at it from a different angle.
0: Yeah. So let so let me ask you this. Um, Are we all qualified to deal with someone that's at that position? Do you think we're all qualified? Do you think it's just simply, oh, I'm just going to talk to my buddy over here and he's going to solve my problem? Or do you think that there are people who are more uniquely um, qualified to deal with this and it's better to talk to those people?
3: Um, I think that's uh, one of those things like earlier we were talking about with variables, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I never want anyone to underestimate the power of, hey, buddy, are you okay?" Mm -hmm. You know, Um, so I think we are qualified in a sense to help somebody out in crisis mode. Absolutely. Um, You know, I go back to the Kevin Hines story I was telling you. You know, he and, and for, for those that are, are listening, it's something you should look up because it, it truly is an amazing story. He, he jumped off the bridge and he lived mm-hmm. um, and he was one of uh, very few. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is like if he could have had somebody that just said, hey, man, are you OK? Or someone maybe to vent to, um, you know, it could alter or change the course of someone's life. So I do think mm-hmm. you're qualified mm-hmm. now. Or a deep dive diagnosis into what's going on and is that temporary or, you know, you know, but maybe that's something where you could steer somebody to. Um, people need to be able. We we just suffer from it the most. And Mike, you can attest to this. I mean, former military. Uh, that's why we're losing so many vets because mm-hmm. they just yes. they, they don't have a spot to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tough because once again, we don't want to lose our rights. I mean, mm-hmm. it's important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what would you say to what would you say to vets? What's the way to go? I mean, first of all, if you talk about like the VA, right? Um, mm-hmm. I that, that's that's a whole bunch of issues right there. I don't know. Maybe there's some people that have a VA somewhere that's awesome. I don't know about you, Mike. You probably would be the one to speak to this here. Um, is that the immediate solution going to the VA, or should they just look for some you know something else?
1: I won't say the solution is the VA, if you're in the military, it's the person who's doing that job and how much they care. Mm -hmm. Because if I go into an office and I talk to somebody, not saying me, but me as general people, Mm -hmm. and if I pick up that person doesn't care, who's to say, you know, Mm -hmm. how many reports we read about somebody doing themselves in in the parking lot of the VA? All, Mm -hmm. All but. Because of that, you know, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of us have been to various government organizations whereas they treat you like crap,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and it's because there are no true guidelines because they deal with so many people, they can get away with it, right? But this mm-hmm. is one person's going in for help. Okay, I just need to get my medication changed because this is giving me some serious side effects. Okay, well, go see your doctor. He calls his doctor they give them an appointment eight months down the road. Mm-hmm, you know, right. that can yeah. be something that triggers it, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but like I said, it always goes back down to how much that person actually cares about their job. You know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that soldier or that ex-soldier has the option to go to somebody and say, I don't think this person has my interests at, ha- at hand. Can I get somebody else? And a lot of people don't know that.
0: Oh, okay. You know, so Does that not so, so that is yeah. okay. So that is something that you can do if you're dealing with a healthcare professional and you just feel like they don't care about you. That's something Correct. you're saying you can do in the VA. You can request Correct. another person. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: And um only reason I know that one is because um when I first went to the VA,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you gotta go through this brief. And that was part of the brief. And mm-hmm. the brief is so long, you can actually see people are not paying attention. But Mm -hmm. once again, you know, by me being in the military and being in infantry, I understand those briefs, if you really pay attention and you take notes, you're going to find something that can help you Mm -hmm. get through something faster or get all the information you need that can help you out later versus I'm just here to check the block. Now let me just go through the process, Mm -hmm. you know, but they actually tell you that. So regardless of what doctor it is, if you feel like that doctor is not helping you, you can go request a different doctor.
0: Okay, all right. What do you think about that, Sadini?
3: Yeah, I, I know.
0: I've I've heard from friends, uh,
3: you know, people that were in the military and and current active. If you go on the shared stories mm-hmm. again, there's actually some some shared stories from people that are current active duty military that submitted their story anonymously that has pointed out some of the problems with the VA. Um, what I think about that it's kind of interesting, Mike. I need to talk to you off Air when you get a chance because I just accepted a position on the uh, the White House Lethal Means Task Force, so I'm going to D.C. Uh, actually right after NASGW, which is October 23rd to 24th for two days uh, to serve on this task force, which is basically an honor. You know <laughs> that a punk kid from Jersey mm-hmm. is uh, going to be on this 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 White House thing. Um, but I you know i I've, I've heard some horror stories. I think it's Mike's story right there uh, is a perfect example of how the education piece needs to get out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and I think that's what Walk Talk's all about is like, Mike, you probably just helped you don't know how many people by saying that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the, you, there could be people that are like, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, so I, I definitely dig education. I think that's the biggest part is letting people know. Um, cause some people just, you know, some people won't even do a Google search when they're told mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like how are they going to know what Mike just said?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what? They, they always say that knowledge is power. I don't think it's that simple. You know, you have to have the knowledge, you have to have the understanding of it, the ability to apply it. Then you mm-hmm. actually need to do all of that stuff, see how it works out. And if 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 it's if it doesn't work for you, you have to be able to figure out why it didn't work and then go back and adjust and apply it. And if it did work for you, you have to be able to repeat that. That's what makes the the thing into power, you know. So it's not just like, okay, if you know this, because first you have to know it, then you have to go through all these other steps. I think that um, a lot of people just don't. You know, it does start from not knowing it, but you need to find out things. One thing leads to another, leads to another. This is the reason why it isn't working. I know people sometimes just get really tired, like sick and tired of that, or maybe the pain or whatever that they're feeling is too excruciating. <laughs> Um, what do you guys do directly? Like if someone hits that site and they have a problem, let's say we're talking right now, someone has an issue, they don't want to talk to us, they don't want to talk to anyone else out there, and they're going to go to your site. What do you guys do at the site to, to help someone that's dealing with this?
3: Well, um, you know, first off, if you go through the screening process, uh, you get access to the Mental Health America network, right? So mental mm-hmm. health clinicians, um, and you can search by zip code. Mm-hmm. Um, walk the talk. Let me make it clear just so there's mm-hmm. no misunderstanding. We're not mental health professionals at Walk the Talk America. Mm-hmm. We actually just brought onto our board uh, one mental health professional, uh, Jake Wiskershen, out of, of Nevada. Uh, and he's great because now we have mm-hmm. somebody on the team that uh, is pro 2A, but also gets the complete other side of, of things. Mm-hmm. So he can, you know, he's there to answer questions. I have only. I've never had anyone come through the website in crisis. Mm-hmm. I've had people come to the website to share their story or want to talk to me privately about mm-hmm. a situation that they're in, okay. which um, I've been able to take their information. And like I said, I, I, I'm on a level with everybody I ask, look. Want me to leave your name out of it? you not, you know, would you be willing to talk to somebody if I find somebody for you to help you with your situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I do is I link them up with mm-hmm. uh, Mental Health America or someone at Mental Health America, and we get them to the right place or we get the right advocacy group to go after who's ever creating that problem mm-hmm. for the person. You know, like I had, a, I, just a, just an example so people can can understand what I'm talking about. I had a gentleman that was in the state of New York that you know had come through and said. 10 years ago, I had an issue where a girl broke up with me and I, I checked myself in by doing the right thing. And it looked like it's, it's coming back to haunt me Mm -hmm. with my rights. Mm -hmm. You know, is that right? Well, that's something that I was able to get MHA on and say, Hey, look, you know, this doesn't add up from what you're saying. And they were like, you're right, Mike, we need to address that. We'll get our people on it. You know, those type of situations. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. All right. So, um, so what's the, what I'm trying to figure out from you is, you know, you, you've, you sold the company so that you can run this full time what's your what's your goal here like you know what are the steps that you have set out i know you just did this a couple of months ago but i'm just curious of you know yeah. what are we getting out of this since you gave up running the company
3: yeah, I know. Like, I, There's a part of me that was waiting for you to go. <laughs> Are you stupid? Because <laughs> now you work for free? <laughs> What's the goal? Are you going backwards in life, homie? Yeah. Uh, no.
0: <laughs> no, I think That's it's a my- good thing, man. I, I, I uh, You know what? I really do think it's a good thing that you – you know that you're so committed to this that you got to the level where you're like hey I'm going to I'm going to sell my company and I'm going to commit to this thing I mean that shows you're really serious about it and, and and I'm assuming in my mind that there's some that there's some goals you have set out here
3: Yeah I do I mm-hmm. I have a goal of, of uh you know I have little goals that go down to getting this in every manufacturer's gun box within mm-hmm. 2 years okay. like I want this to be right because this gives people uh uh Access to screenings, which helps with early intervention and detection of -hmm. anything that could possibly be wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And and those of you who have known me and heard me speak before, I've told personal stories of my daughter uh, detecting something from here Mm -hmm. um, and changing our lifestyle for the better. Um, mm-hmm. you know, And I have other family members as well. But mm-hmm. then I have long-term goals, uh, which are to bring mental health and mental health clinicians into the 2A culture to get a general understanding of our fears and what we have. So let me give you an example of one of the things that we do that's unique. And we're the only people that are doing this uh, in the country. And it's about to this this program is about to be kicked off nationwide uh, with the backing of Mental Health America. We have a cultural competence continuing education course, which we throw um, about once every month. Um, it's, we're coming up on our second one now where we're going to take mental health clinicians and bring them to the range mm-hmm. and teach them about gun culture. Mm-hmm. Um, many mental health clinicians, they didn't even they don't even know that there is a fear that we have. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't understand our like we brought 14 mental health clinicians on our last one into the range. And many of them had never shot a gun before. We got them out on the range. There was no stupid questions. They could ask us anything. Uh, Rob taught it. We had uh, Jake Wiskirchen, uh from Walk Talk America and Zephyr Wellness there as well. Mm-hmm. And then I got to share my stories. Um, but it's an educational thing. Um so that's one of the big things is educate you know and also too it doesn't hurt to get people on the range you know how that is right, right. you Absolutely. get people out shooting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so that's one of the things we're really proud of um so it's things like that is uh letting people know and and what comes out of stuff like that well we had some mental health clinicians that literally put on their profile from psychology today 2A friendly uh, yeah. first responder friendly Right? That's okay. not even a category that back end uh, for the clinicians so now we're trying to change that to understand that just like the skateboard community or the LGBTQ or airline pilots, mm-hmm. uh, the 2A community is a lifestyle mm-hmm. you know it's gun culture mm-hmm. so um, but I have these goals that I really want to cast this wide net. Um, I, I just want I want to get rid of this stigma man I want people to be able to get help. Uh, As someone who's lost some near and dear friends, I I don't want anyone to go through that. Um, And I also like people to
0: have a good quality of life. I've become soft in my old age, man. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, you know, it happens. uh, I'm going to say it happens to the best of us, you know, as we get old. So you have to you have to you know, you, you have to do these things. Right. You know, you feel it feels to me like you have this uh, strong pull telling you this is the direction from the time you had that conversation with that woman. I think it is. It is a missing link in everything that we do because it's kind of tough to talk about. I don't think it's the kind of thing that lots of people out there want to. They don't want to. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to have that conversation. There's so many different reasons, right? People are afraid. People are going to use it against them. They're going to afraid that you know you're weak because you're talking about something, all of that kind of stuff. So. Um, you know, I think the conversation has to be had. Mike, did you want to jump in here? Are we, uh, Do you have any ideas?
1: No, I was just going to comment off the last comment you just said, and mm-hmm. I know this was a big thing in um, the military, and I know when I got out of the military, they was trying to change this perception.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, by being infantry, everything you do is supposed to be considered hard or Superman status. Mm-hmm. Like, when it's cold outside, you don't wear a jacket. That was one thing that okay. didn't make sense to me. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, overall, that was the thing, you know, if you've done something and let's just happen to say um, one thing we've done over in Iraq, right? If somebody done something that they wasn't used to doing from earlier on in life, it's going to affect them differently.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then, of course, you know, that's when people start ridiculing you because you can't handle the job or you can't handle the pressure of what you just done or whatever the case may be. It's just another form of bullying in a sense. Mm-hmm. But now that we're a little bit more educated and like I said, the tides are turning, you know, a reach out, ask somebody for help. If you see somebody needing the help, just, you know, a simple, Hey man, let's talk or a walk and let's go get a drink. Let's go grab something to eat, you know, something to distract them, to get them to open up. And then of course, if you feel like through conversation, if you can't take it any further with helping, you can always direct somebody else to come in to help or pass them on to somebody else who's more qualified to help.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, you know what? It's funny. Like uh, even I say it myself, right? Every generation gets uh, worse. And we think that somehow we get into our headspace that that's what's happening. I think um, every generation also gets better in lots of ways. And what I mean by that is if I look back at like my parents' generations, you know, Mm Um, just like, like how I just lost my mom. But if you look back at your parents or your grandparents' generation, you keep going back. You you know, it, w- it. this has been a thing for a long time. Like my parents, I remember growing up, they never even said I love you. That's a thing that came around like lately, you know, and when I mean lately, I mean like in the 90s or something like that, you know, that's when I heard that mm-hmm. versus like me, for example, with my kids, I say that every time I talk to them. You know, so whether I see them or I don't see them, I say that all the time. And I think there's a lot of us doing that now. And that might look if you go back to your granddad, he might think, what kind of like weak stuff is this? But that letting the people around, you know, that you love them and you care about them. I think that's a really powerful thing. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. You know, um, so anyway, I just um I think that it's probably the same thing going through the gun community, right? That there's a lot of macho, real super macho people. Nothing's supposed to affect you like you're saying in the military. And you're not supposed to have any problems. That's how you can never get... If you have issues, if you have problems, you'll never get rid of it. The way the brain works, that thing will be in the back of your mind. That's why you dream. (laughs) that's why you can't get things out of your head that's why you know you can it's tough sometimes uh, for people to be able to deal with some of these things and look at themselves in the mirror you know if you're having those kind of problems you have to externalize them instead of internalizing them so um
1: yeah you know um Mm -hmm. one thing that helped me also after Mm -hmm. coming back um from overseas Mm -hmm. was just talking to people Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily a psychiatrist or a counselor, but just talking to people with some of the stuff I've done. Mm-hmm. And it was like as soon as I spoke to somebody or a matter of something I did, it was like a load was lifted off of me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it was like, ah, oh, now I can breathe a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know. so
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. OK, so listen, I don't I don't necessarily want to switch away from this, but I would like to talk about some other stuff. I don't know if people have questions or comments or something out there that they want to uh, that they want to uh, that they want to address right now. I see Uncle Mike says, "Hey, I started my family on saying I love you every time we see each other because we never did." And I saw it uh, uniting my wife's family. Uh, my family has issues, but that small change has been huge. <laughs> yeah, man, that's. I know that sounds like a little simple thing. <laughs>
1: Powers and yeah. words.
0: Yeah. Powers
1: and the words. <laughs>
0: yeah. People don't know. And I can tell you, like, um, it's something that I've seen even amongst dudes. Like, dudes don't say that to each other. But I think we're now we're living in a world where it's not like a, a soft or sissy thing or whatever. If you, you know, you've got your friends, you need to let them know that you care about them so that when they when, when they're in a tough spot. You know, just that just that thing of being able to talk. You know, I don't I don't even think money and stuff like that can can help us deal with our problems. I think it's talking to someone. And just sometimes realizing that like everyone has problems and you know, no matter where they're at, there's there's dudes out there that have billions of dollars, man, and sometimes they have uh worse problems, you know. So
1: You know, that's yeah. one thing I do like about going to um SHOT Show and NRA mm-hmm. is the fact that I can just talk to anybody at any given moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just like talking to people. You know, but um, like I said, it it is relaxing in a sense and it's therapeutic in another sense.
0: Yeah, it's and, and you know, it's also something that we don't do as much because of once again, this is a thing because technology. of technology. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we're not talking. No one wants to talk to you on the phone. <laughs> mm, yeah, They can thumb you. They can thumb yeah. you. Oh, yeah, because you can use you can use uh, what is it? Emojis. You can use emojis and then people which I, you know. I'm guessing we're all misusing them. If someone looked at how I use emojis, we're like, "Oh my god, you don't even know what you're saying."
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, Mm but when Mike and I first met, I mean, we, you know, we got to know each other at Shot Show, but Mm -hmm. you know, we we found out that we, you know, we both are good dads, and Mm -hmm. you know, we. We we talked about our struggles in the past with the mother of our children, and yeah. uh, you
2: know,
0: it's, it's a segue into red flag laws if you want. But yeah. um, <laughs> baby, baby mama but problems, like, man. Everybody, every man has that, you know. Right, just, right. But just I mean, like every woman has baby daddy problems. <laughs> exactly, but that's the power of talking to somebody. You know what I mean? Like sometimes
3: uh-huh. it's good. Like you you'd be shot. I mean, when I met Rob Pincus, you know, you know, I was going through an ugly divorce with with. Um, You know, my ex-wife and and Mm -hmm. he came up to me one time and just said a few words just from, you know, he had watched my behavior as a a human Mm -hmm. and said, you know, hey, don't let anyone ever tell you you're not a good parent. Like, don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and that helped me tremendously. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that mitigated a lot of uh, anxiety and trauma that I had from this damn divorce because that was the worst part about it, you know, is watching my daughters pay for their parents' stupidity, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, but things like that. I believe that talking to people is it's important,
0: you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a tough thing, man, Um, that uh, I I don't know. I could tell people it's tough. It's tough to get divorced. I've never I've never personally done that. But it's also tough to even stay married. (laughs) This is the this is the craziness about life. You know, it's tough to stay married, man. My parents, uh, my parents have been like separated since I was 18, but they never got divorced, didn't solve anything. You right. Know, if anything, compounded all the problems, you know, because...
1: Communication and pillow fights. That's what the answer is. Communication <laughs> and pillow fights.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, so, okay, you you did want to segue. There was a story that I saw that I'll, I'll uh, throw the story up there real quick. We were talking about red flag laws and everything, and I think you guys saw this. Um, what is this? Benton County Sheriff ordered to surrender guns after a strange wife files for protect, uh, files a protective order. So the wife of Benton County Sheriff Jerry Hatcher has filed for divorce and accused him of strangling her during a fight over his uh, alleged extramarital affair. The Tri-City Herald reported that Monica, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get deep into her name, filed for divorce in September. On Friday, she filed for a temporary protection order against... Against him claiming she is a victim of domestic violence as part of the protection order, she asked that her husband re- be required to surrender all guns other the weapons and concealed pistol licenses. The request was granted. What do you guys think about that?
1: Sad, but um, how true is it? Because a lot of mm. people in a lot of places, you can say anything and just because it was said, the act probably never took place. Mm -hmm. And now you got to go through all that paperwork and the process of relinquishing your property.
0: Right. It's tough. We don't know the red flag laws. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't really know what happened here. I I mean, I'm going to say if this guy was a bad guy and and did strangle his his wife and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, then then definitely something has to be done here. Right. The danger of it all with the with the red flag laws is that you know, how easy is it for people to, to do this? Because there's no due process. There's none of that. There's like, I don't like this guy. I'm going to say this thing happened. Boom. You know, he loses his rights. I'm not going to tell you guys I feel sorry for him because, you know, this is the reason why we have to have better ways, I think, of dealing with all this stuff that we have in society. Instead of saying, okay, I want to take guns away from this person. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to to put this on him. So... What do you think?
1: What do you think? Uh... Well, it can go um two folds because even when you sit there and you look at it um, When I was growing up, my grandmother used to always tell me never put your hands on a woman, mm-hmm. right? And if you feel like you have to raise your voice, you walk away okay. Because of course you're gonna say or do something you're gonna regret later So mm-hmm. just take yourself out of the situation calm down mm-hmm. and then come back and talk about it if you can talk about it Right, you know, so um. Even if you look at it from that standpoint, but a lot of people don't have um, that fortitude to do that because once pride comes into it, Mm -hmm. that's another avenue, right? And then, too, if you already have PTSD from a previous encounter, right, you're going to stand there and you're going to fight because you're going to resort back to that last file that you Mm -hmm. remember. And that's what a lot of people do. They don't really think about it because it's all emotion driven.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Without cameras on everyone, right? Without cameras in everyone's eyeballs or whatever it is, it's tough to know what actually happened. Because I think sometimes um, there's situations where, uh, you know, let's say we're talking about men and women. There's situations where women could push buttons on men and make them do make them do things. Right. Mm -hmm. And even if they try to get out of that situation, it's it's tough to get out of it or get away from it. And then you do Mm -hmm. things. So it's complicated for us to know, like with these guys, it's, co- it's complicated and very tough to know exactly what happened to them. Um, if this guy's a sheriff and a whole bunch of people elected him to protect them, now he's not able, there's no way he's able to be a sheriff if he doesn't, I don't know. I don't know how he's actually going to do his job without, without these tools that got taken away from him. The question is, did he actually do this? Is he a dangerous person? Then maybe he should not be a sheriff at all, ever. But if he didn't do it, is this an easy way that we created for um, for not only his guns to be taken away, but his livelihood if he can't do this thing?
1: But now think about it, if they would actually do um, some form of that was in Georgia, you said,
0: right? Uh, ben I think this is uh, I'm going to say. OK, Benton County, is that Iowa? I don't know. That's I'm not a good certain. question. But yeah, let's just stop will tell say, us like, who's looking um, at the story. They
1: they have some crazy law there that well pretty much everywhere has this law
2: mm-hmm. that
1: if you have some form of um infraction that you can't use firearms, be around firearms. That's mm-hmm. even for your employment,
0: right? So yeah, now it looks like Indiana, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so now let's say they they go back and they do background checks on everybody that was in the police force, sheriffs, mm-hmm. correctional officers. That police force is going to dwindle down because of that one law if they were to take that approach
0: mm-hmm yeah
3: yeah mm-hmm. The, 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 the lack of due process is what scares everybody I believe um, I mean unless you like I said unless you're really hard and you just double down on you know everyone mm-hmm. should have a gun no matter what mm-hmm. even if they're seeing strange men running in their lawn and they're shooting at them whatever mm-hmm. but uh you know <laughs> Like that's that's the issue with with a lot of these things is the abuse of, you know, these laws with the lack of due process. I wonder, do you guys, this is always a tough question. I always wanted to make like a, a gun industry game show where you had to like write a red flag law that had due process. Could you do it? Oh, I don't know. Is
1: You're gonna shoot yourself in the foot. That's what you're gonna end up. Well, yeah, doing but that's York. what
3: I'm saying. Imagine if you could win a hundred thousand dollars, though. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> like yeah, wow, you're
1: gonna do a lot of word twisting right
2: there. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: But that, but that's the whole thing, though, right? There has been instances where people should not have had firearms, and we know it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, like Cruz down in uh, Parkland, right? It, mm-hmm. Or, you know, I don't know if you guys know uh, um, the kid that was on, he's been on my show a couple times, uh, uh, David, that he his father was red flagged, but the red flag saved his father's life, right? His father had a brain injury and his behavior was uh, a little strange. And, you know, it got to a point where they were concerned. Uh, it wasn't so much that he would hurt himself Um, or anybody else they just didn't know and he he started hallucinating about things and the concern was with all these children in the front that played in that neighborhood you know would he think that one of these children was a demon Um, Mm -hmm. he's walking around armed like those Mm -hmm. type of situations Mm -hmm. well and where they tried to keep it in the family and do an intervention and that intervention turned violent and a gun was drawn on some family members you know, the situation happened the way it did. Um, they're still very against red flag laws. But mm-hmm. to not have the conversation to say that sometimes these situations come up and it's it, it's it's, you know, it's hard to make a judgment call, especially mm-hmm. when we weren't there. Right. We don't know this cop. Right. We don't know the sheriff. Um, you know, he may be somebody that's not a good representation of the two a gun culture. We don't know that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know. It's it is tough. It is tough because because people on the other side will go. Well, then what do you want us to do? I think there's already a ton of laws and there's already a ton of things to do. I think perhaps we have uh, not. Perhaps we definitely have too many laws. You know, mm-hmm. but then we don't have people, in my opinion, that are properly trained. They don't have the right resources, and then they don't make the right moves. So when we're talking about police departments, for example, if you're talking about the Parkland case, lots of people went to see, lots of people got, uh, well, they didn't go to see him necessarily, but the FBI all the way down got notifications about this kid. The question is, what did they do about it? You know, and will, if you just create a red flag law, does that automatically stop it? Even if you stop that kid, like we said at the top, that's not going to stop the flood of people that want to do things just because you stopped one person, right? So I think that by layering laws on top of laws, we're not making anything better for ourselves. Do we need to do things? Yeah, absolutely. You know, but you need to be able to tell like when you have a when you have a threat and um, when you don't have a threat. So um, there's there's um, what w- we were talking about this, I think, uh, a few a couple of weeks ago. There was a situation where um, like a, the wife of a city council member was arguing about with some guy about politics on Facebook. And then the guy put up the meme um, for my cold dead hands and she went over to a, to a special police unit that was created here in Florida, and she demanded they go che- you know, check him out and take his guns away from him. And they sent several guys over to this guy's house to take his guns away because of a meme he put up on Facebook and these guys were going back and forward. To me, that's not, uh, and they didn't take anything away from him, but that's not proper training going on here, right? You know, I Mm -hmm. don't think and and, and even from her side, she's not the city council member. She's the wife of the city council member. I don't think the city council member should have the ability to do that. But let's say for some reason, anyone said, hey, this guy put up this for my cold dead hand meme, you know, for my cold dead hands meme. And there was a unit looking at this. I don't think the immediate thing is let's show up at this guy's house ready to take his guns away from him. You know, no, maybe, I, I yeah. would agree with that. There needs to if you're going to have. Well, the funny part about it is
3: mm-hmm. red flag laws. Uh, many people don't know this. Many states have laws that they don't call red flag laws mm-hmm. that simulate red flag laws yeah. already mm-hmm. on the
0: books. Yeah. Right. Um, what, um, do, what do they call it? I forgot that it's like protective orders or. Yeah, there's whatever.
3: a emergency uh, or whatever uh, yeah. ERP goes, um Yeah. But there's other, there's other things, too. I was having this conversation with Kevin Dixie because of mm-hmm. his involvement with law enforcement for years. He was like, look, you know, there's always been these type of kind of confiscation like situations. Um, but mm-hmm. red flag laws are just more detailed into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm with you. I think that due process needs to be had. Like I for me, I I get it. I went through a really bad divorce. I had to prove my innocence and so many damn things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, at one point I said to my lawyer, when does she ever have to prove she's a good person? Like, mm-hmm. does it, or is it just like accusation towards me the whole time? Right now, having mm-hmm. said that, uh, when it comes to my personal property and my two A rights, if I'm going to be accused of something, I want to be able to stand in front of uh, a judge where my guns are still in my house and in my possession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, where I could defend myself. And I think that's what people have a problem is we come mm-hmm. like stormtroopers, take your stuff.
0: And then we try to figure out if you're innocent, which right. goes against everything that the U.S. is all about. Yeah. Or you get crazy things. Another thing in the news, and um, and I'm gonna let me actually let me let me do this real quick. Eli EDC gave us a couple of bucks here. He says, Will WTTA and HoldMyGuns.org be working together? So I don't know if you want to answer that real quick yeah. before I throw up the something I was gonna.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eli, uh I, I give money to that organization. I've donated my own personal money to Hold My Guns. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to work together. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking to Sarah today. We were messaging each other. She she's the uh, the founder of mm-hmm. Hold My Guns. Any of these uh, organizations inside the 2A community that are looking for alternative solutions uh, mm-hmm. that don't deal with legislation, I'm going to support them personally. Okay. Um, so. If that answers the
0: question. All right, cool. So here's the segue from from what we were just talking about. Um, And let me see. I'm going to put this up here on the screen. Kansas girl hauled out of school in handcuffs for making finger gun with her hands. Okay. So a 12-year-old Kansas girl was hauled out of school in handcuffs and charged with a felony for making a finger gun with her hands, according to reports, the unidentified Overland Park youngster made the gesture during a class discussion last month in which another student asked which classmates she would kill if she could pick five, which I, I don't know with that question. She shaped her fingers like a gun, something routinely done in kids' games, and she pointed to four of her classmates before pointing her hand at herself, the paper said. Um... The girl and her classmates were initially sent to the principal at Westbridge Middle School, but a school resource officer recommended she be arrested and called police. Uh, Officers hauled her out of the school in handcuffs, arrested her, and charged the child with a felony for threatening. The paper says she was released to her mother and is due in court next Tuesday. We can go on with that, but I think it's already we've got (laughs) enough information. See, this is, to me, this is a lot of things just went wrong here.
1: Well, I know here in um, South Carolina, they mm-hmm. have it, whereas, like, you can't have firearms on your electronic devices in school. And I think it's some clothing you can't wear. Like, right. With, okay, so um, you can't have videos
0: of guns and, or you can't have pictures and stuff like pictures, that. Pictures, yeah. Yeah, you can. You
1: know, I, okay. I know a little guy that's, like, 13, year, 13 years old, he got in, um, some trouble at school for showing a picture mm-hmm. of a gun on, like, his laptop. Mm-hmm. Right. But the other day I seen a guy out of school mm-hmm. with um, a rifle on his jacket. And this was at the end of the day, the conclusion of this school day.
0: OK. You know, yeah.
1: So I'm like, mm, I wonder how this plays out. But, yeah. you know, I'm not there to say, hey, why are you wearing this shirt? Hey, why are you showing this picture? Mm-hmm. I'm not there. You know, I just happened to be passing by and I seen it, you know, mm-hmm. the guy with the hoodie on. But the story of um, the picture was actually told to me by that little boy's mom.
0: Okay. Okay. So what do you guys. um, But what do you think in general about this girl just doing the finger gun? I've read other things like I think there was a guy who was charged with something because he did the finger gun to one of his neighbors. Um, You know. uh, What what do you think think about this particular situation?
1: It's. Me personally, I'll be like, it's just talk, right? Why do they have that conversation like that? But why are Mm -hmm. they taking it to that extreme? So Mm -hmm. what if I look at somebody and I stick my tongue out at them? Does that mean I'm going to lick them later on or something? You know, so Mm -hmm. to me, it's like, I think it's overboard. It's overflowing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many times, I don't know. I mean, people do that, like right? Like, they give you that. Or yeah. you choke, like slit your mm-hmm. throat, symbol I mean, mm-hmm. or, see, and that's the problem. I don't think a, a lot of people think about this. Is when we start violating rights or going after rights, it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the same people that are making these BS, you know, issues out of things like a kid using air guns, mm-hmm. um, the same thing could come back and haunt them one day for doing mm-hmm. something. Um, yeah, we have to be careful of that.
0: Yeah, I think there was, a, I, I, I was trying to find the article, I read it earlier, so you guys can look this up if you don't believe me. But I believe in the same school, if not the same school system, there were, there were a couple, I think there were two boys that actually came into the school with guns. They didn't do anything, but they got caught with these guns. Um, they did not catch felonies over that, and they, they came into the school with actual guns. Now, she does this thing. This is what I'm saying. Like, there's a bunch of missed opportunities here. Like, why were they even having this conversation? You know, what happens to the person who brought up this conversation to her? I'm not saying anything should happen to any of, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-olds. You can't tell them to not talk about stuff. But you're missing an opportunity of them having a discussion to say, listen, why are you having this discussion? You know? But instead, what you're doing Uh is turning her into a felon because she answered a question.
3: I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. No, no, no. You're right. It's 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 teachable moments. Right. Um, There was an instance. I I don't know if you guys remember the Shanine Allen situation. I Mm -hmm. I got thrown into the Shanine Allen situation because of Bursa, my affiliation with Bursa through Mm -hmm. Eagle Imports. Shanine Allen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was from Philly. Um, Mm -hmm. She was a single mom, lived in a, a. uh, a horrible mm-hmm. neighborhood and was robbed a couple times. Went out and got a burst of thunder 380 to defend herself and her family. Mm-hmm. She worked. I never knew jerk- what the
0: gun was, but it's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know what it is. I have met Shanine Allen, she's very nice. I met her through Maj, I okay, think, in yeah. Atlanta or something like that. Yeah, uh huh.
3: Yeah, I mean, so for me, when I found out it was a bursa, I, I knew I, I had to do something. I felt mm-hmm. so bad for her because um, mm-hmm. that was one of those situations where we turned a law-abiding, honest person into a felon. Right. Uh, thank you, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just it's wrong. Um, you know, I always say to this day, I understand some people are just, you know, hey, you the law is the law and you broke it. But. Mm-hmm. I don't see what that does turning Shanine into a felon. How does that help America? It doesn't. It you know, yeah. how does it help anybody? It, that was a teachable moment. If mm. I was those police officers, right. I'm telling Shanine, get that firearm back in Pennsylvania now. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. And if I catch you on this highway
0: going to work again with your firearm on you, you know, then we're gonna have an issue. But yeah. It's a weird thing that we have and 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 but we never we never deal with that man like you're saying you know what we just do is okay this kid made a she made this gun hand sign all of first of all they put all of the kids into something which is you know obviously you're you're creating a situation right there right then Um, then this one girl, because she made the gun sign, she gets arrested, she becomes a felon, and we're missing an opportunity to do something about this. There's no way that by making her a felon, putting her in jail, uh, you know, attaching this stigma to her life, you're not gonna make her any, you're not gonna, if she has problems, you're not making them better, you're making them worse. It's just as bad as when someone had, you know, people had headaches and we took uh, ice picks and put it in their brains. Right, You know? So I don't know, man. That That's like the weird thing that's happening. Why, and, and I think that this is why people want to get rid of all the laws that we have and simplify these things. And, yeah, we have problems and we have to figure out how to deal with it. But we're just dealing with it in the wrong way. And if, if anyone thinks that adding more laws is going to solve anything, I mean, we should be the example. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's like anything you do now is illegal. If you wake up and you breathe, you've you somehow you're committing a crime, and if someone wants to put something on you, they can, and I don't know how that's going to make anyone's lives better. You know? Yeah,
3: I, I really wish there would be a push for people that make false accusations. I think that would help a lot of people um, get over some of their fears if there was a severe punishment for false accusations. Um, mm-hmm. It just it, it always amazes me. And going through the process of divorce, um, you know, my ex, when it was discovered that she was making some serious false accusations mm-hmm. and got caught, um, mm-hmm. you know, she, she paid the ultimate price and in, in momentarily losing uh, access to her children uh, to me, which I didn't want her to. I just wanted her to leave me alone. Um, but. I've kind of thought, how weird is that? She's not going to get punished for lying in court? Mm -hmm. Like, if I would have done it, I felt like, you know, it would have gone a completely different way. And I I feel that's the same way in
0: society, gun rights, all that stuff. You lie about this stuff. It should be a problem. It should be. There should be. Um, How come there isn't? That's a good question. You know, how come that how come that doesn't happen? Is it just because no one, that's just not newsworthy, you know? No one thinks yeah. that that's like, you know. And, and that's a, what happens, I think, in a lot of situations. Um, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think of in my brain how many people I know get divorced, and what's the percentage of uh, situ- of guys go- winding up in situations like this where there's false accusations thrown at them and then everyone automatically believes it? Not to say that there aren't some guys that are horrible, but why is this the automatic go-to? It's almost like, um, you know, one of the number one ways is when I was growing up, the number one way for a girl to push your button to make you mad, you go, oh, you're gay. Bam. Then someone gets mad over that, right? You know, so it's it's the same kind of situation that people, you guys, uh, for anyone that's in this situation, including you, I'm sure, you're in love somehow. You had a chemical attraction to each other. You had a relationship. Kids come out of it. When when um, that doesn't work out, the number one way to deal with it is to make up lies. You know, and somehow you think that's going to benefit your kids down the line, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it becomes about it becomes about
3: ego. It becomes about yeah. winning, um, you know. And, and in other cases, you know, in, in my ex's defense, you know, she had untreated schizophrenia, mm-hmm. <laughs> which you know also is you know one of the one of the reasons why I'm I'm really proud and dedicated to what I do because it's given my daughters an opportunity to see their dad isn't just going to sit there and badmouth uh, mm-hmm. their their mother but also work towards solutions. But Mm -hmm. there are variables to it, but it's unfortunate. Uh, You know, divorce is one of those situations. You know, we talk about red flag laws and and how we don't want to give up. You know, we want due process and we don't want to give up rights just on accusations. But divorce, (laughs) I wish wish a lot of people would take it more serious and raise hell like they do with certain Mm -hmm. things like red flag laws. Because there's a lot of people that lose access to their children over dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Stuff that is completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel bad for some of the dads that lost access, or or and mothers too in Nevada. You know, weed is recently legal here in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, how many people lost because the one the one spouse knew? Hey, he likes to enjoy weed. You know, he smokes a joint every once in a while, and they knew that they could use that against him in court. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by going by a hair test. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know there's a lot of stuff that's just plain wrong in these situations
0: yeah maybe whenever you lie and it affects someone else's life see this is a simple law right if you lie it affects someone else's life you got to get some kind of lashes yeah what
1: about about the guy who um who lost his wife like his friend or somebody took his wife or girlfriend from him and he had Mm -hmm. to pay like $275,000, Two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, something crazy like that.
0: Uh, I, I read really. that
1: like a couple of days ago. On oh, um, okay, I know was there shoot.
0: was a guy that yeah, some, his wife or girlfriend cheated on him, and then he sued the guy, and yeah. I guess he won. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we see We see a lot of things like this. Like people just make up stuff. There was a story here in uh, Tallahassee, in Florida, where there was a police officer that was just um, planting things on people and setting them up. Completely uh, innocent people, and in cases there was a guy who lost access to his kids over that.
1: Was that you the know? meth? He was planting meth, yeah, meth. He was planting
0: okay. meth. He was planting weed, yeah. crack, whatever you know he could do. And I guess he was doing it to somehow get a promotion or whatever it is. Um, you know, it's just a shortcut, right? I think it's just as bad as the person who thinks that if they run into this bank with a gun, hold up the bank, or you know, even if they fake or pretend they have a gun or a bomb or something and they get that money they think they're going to somehow change their life
1: didn't they overturn that like 119
0: cases. yeah there's a bunch of cases they're throwing out but people have already lost rights like there was one guy that already lost rights to yeah he lost the right to see his kids and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff is a lot more it's a lot more difficult to unwind i think Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even
3: Shanine. I mean, when when Jersey gave her her rights, restored her rights, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a switch that they just hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was she was still coming up in systems. So when she was applying for jobs at hospitals, she was getting denied because it didn't matter. It's not like she could be like, oh, it's wrong. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. The people go by whatever files or records are kept. And that stuff takes a while to to unwind. Uh, It's horrible. Yeah.
1: But you know once you once you're labeled also it's it's hard to beat that even regardless of what happened in court cuz once you're initially charged with it and then they, even if they come back and say it was reversed for whatever reason people already set their opinions about you so mm-hmm. and that's another fight you have to fight.
0: Yeah. Know. Yeah once people that we can just we could spend we could go over this forever man of people Yeah right <laughs> yeah you <exactly. yeah>, yeah. <laughs> know this is a human being thing this is a human being thing and I don't know how to deal with it people just immediately <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I could go way back in my life. You know, it's just a thing that we do. We immediately, however we do it, we deflect it from ourselves or we try to shortcut. I think it's just one of those things. You know, how do people get conned? It's the same way that people get conned. If you, how how does someone con you? How do they trick you?
1: They gain your trust.
0: But they somehow make you believe Because in your brain, you, you know, you want something to be easier and they make you believe that, oh, this thing that I'm going to do is going to solve your problems easily. You know, it's this desire to easily solve our problems. Like we got an easy button. Boom, you hit this and everything gets uh, solved. And that's how con artists work on people. You know, what what do the Nigerian uh, princes do? Oh, yeah, you know, I got billions of dollars. I don't. I can't find anyone's bank account to put it into.
3: <laughs>
0: and you think, oh, my God, <laughs> how did I get this lucky? Yeah,
3: I can help them yeah. out. <laughs> help myself the out. Nickel and dime you to death. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. people, people are afraid to come forward. And then when it's too late, they're already in. They've gone too far in.
0: Yeah. You got to stay away from the easy stuff. I know it's um, – it's tough. It's tough sometimes because it's in our nature that we want to do the easy thing. So that's how it happens. And I think that's how people lie and make up stories and say things that they know is not true when they want to. With you know, they want to hurt someone. They just go that route instead of doing the tough thing. Like in relationships, the tough thing is to do is to recognize you've made mistakes. But you know, never like to me. We're ta- I know we started this talking about kids. Kids are never a mistake. Kids in this world never a mistake. The mistakes we make is when we can't deal with each other and we decide to fight over these kids and make them have to make choices about who, you know, who their parent is or who raises them and all that. That's where we mess up. We should just go through the tough things and show them, hey, people get into relationships. It doesn't always work out. This is what happens, but you're you're here and, and let's deal with this, you know, from this point moving forward. So You know, um, let me see. I'm trying to look through here and see. I don't know if there's any other questions. We've just been kind of like talking to each other here. I don't know if there's any other uh, things folks out there want to talk about. Did you guys see the dicks destroyed uh, half? What is it? I think it's a uh, five million dollars worth of guns. Did you guys see that? Yeah, that's so ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Once again, those firearms could have been donated to some organization for some form of rehab. For mm-hmm. training purposes for law enforcement, it, mm-hmm. it could have been a great use. That was just something for a political gain. That's only yeah. Think.
0: So yeah. this is what the article says in an interview with CBS News Sunday, Dick Sporting Goods CEO Ed Stack revealed that his company had destroyed about five million dollars worth of semi-automatic rifles in its inventory. Stack made the decision to remove all military-style weapons from the company's stores in response to the t- uh, 2018 mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in Parkland, Florida. Rather than returning the guns to their manufacturers, st- Stack opted to reduce them to scrap metal. So, and then this article goes into exactly how they do that. Um, is that even a good business practice right there? Like, how, how much? Five million dollars worth of rifles is dicks just good how with many throwing how that, away that money
1: five million dollars worth of yeah. rifles that's yeah. that's
3: wow and, and there is money in scrap metal i mean there
0: really is but um uh, it still yeah, seems yeah, it's like your virtue signaling you yeah. know what i mean like yeah how many guns does that translate into that's a good question uh, wow
1: so yeah. which which um let's say which rifle are we going to baseline let's
0: yeah well, I don't around. think that Dix had like two thousand dollar rifles.
1: No, 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 I'm just yeah. saying like, okay, so let's use um the Colt rifle, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So let's say they're selling a rifle for probably eight hundred bucks and mm-hmm. the five million
0: <laughs> well, I mean, and then okay, so here's the problem with the five million, right? They didn't pay Dollars. they paid wholesale. So I'm going to I'm going to say like I'm going to say they spent 500 bucks and that's that's probably being generous.
1: Okay. let's say they spent 500
0: bucks on each gun. That's probably like 10 grand, 10,000. That's 10,000 guns right there. Okay. so 10,000 guns, they just shred them, chop them up. I'm not even sure if they did it because I know there's a a specified way that the ATF lays out. You're supposed to destroy guns, right? You would know about that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. No, you're you're right. There is a there is a way you have to do it, and it's not.
3: It's actually expensive. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't think Dix has their own gunsmithing. It's not like Gander where they have yeah. gunsmiths gunsmith site. But yeah. yeah, it's it's not an easy thing to do.
0: Yeah. Um. Unit thirteen. Uh. From F R E M S L T says. I think they did it after finding a way to write it off on their taxes. So. <laughs> Um, well, as long
1: as they didn't do what that lady did when she sought it and made it illegal.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the question. Is that what they did? We don't know. Who knows if they even just did this or this is just like a big publicity stunt. You know Exactly.
1: Yeah,
0: I think this is just a big publicity stunt on their part. But uh, they've definitely decided to just go all the way virtue signaling. They don't want anyone that believes in the Second Amendment to ever shop index anymore man they're just going all the way in you know so i hope that works out for them actually i don't i think uh very shortly we'll see them going out of business
1: Yeah, i was gonna say um i want to say after the first incident with them mm-hmm. they lost a lot of sales right people like pretty much banned and said they wasn't going to shop with them and then mm-hmm. they started closing up stores around mm-hmm. the country Mm-hmm yeah, so they probably ended up folding up shortly.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rocky Mountain Bear says Dick's got no brains in him. Uh, that's true on all <laughs> levels. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but... I mean, even, <laughs> 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 uh, Rondo Stewart said they probably destroyed the lowers and sold the up now. I don't know. It's a, You know what? I think that maybe they should show some video on this if they just want to go all the way in. Not that I want to see the vi- I don't want to see 10,000 guns getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a fun thing. Uh, let me see. Okay, I've got... Uh, this is not fun either, but I'm going to read this one to you guys and put it up here. Woman, Woman shot when puppy jumps on loaded gun during car ride. This is in the New York Post going to read this. For, so you gun guys will have to explain how this happened to me because I don't really believe this. Uh, it says, This wasn't puppy love. An Oklahoma woman was shot in the leg during a car ride by an excitable puppy that jumped on a loaded gun, according to cops. Um, Tina Springer, 44, was hit in the left thigh after her driver's yellow Labrador Molly jumped on a 22 caliber handgun in a folding center console. I don't know how that happens. Um... I had a dog in there and she stepped on the gun, driver Bent Park 79 told the 911 dispatcher, the dog went, stepped on it, and it went off. The dog shot her, the surprise sounding dispatcher asked, to which Parks replied, yeah, he stepped on it and it went off. Uh, Parks, who used his belt as a makeshift tourniquet, could be heard telling off his seven month old pet, well, Molly, you're the one who pulled the trigger. Don't give me no shit," <laughs> he muttered. At one, p- this is crazy. I don't even. I don't believe this. I don't know if you guys believe this. this no, it, it
3: can. It can happen. Um, really? It, there's been other instances of of dogs actually setting off a firearm, especially with rifles. Mm-hmm. Um, if people obviously leave them uh, loaded and with one in the chamber and ready to go, uh, without any safety on. I mean, think about. It. You know, it's not it doesn't take much to 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 send a trigger off. Right. To set a trigger off. And we, we had it all the time at Eagle. We had so many people that would try to sue us because they blew a hole in their hand because, you know, what they were doing. They were cleaning the firearm while I was loaded okay, or they okay. weren't paying attention mm-hmm. and it went off. So I, I do kind of believe that could happen. Um, I know that in Oklahoma, there was an instance where a guy was on a he had his dog and he had his gun in the boat mm-hmm. and the dog actually set the gun off and it killed him. I believe it. Oh, I believe it killed okay. him. Um, okay. There is a company called. Uh, not that I'm sitting here trying to promote other, you know, firearms companies or anything like mm-hmm. this. I have no mm-hmm. affiliation with this company whatsoever. But it's called Trigger Safe. Mm-hmm. Trigger Safe. They do support Walk to Talk America, so I, I, I do like them. But one of the things that's one of the reasons why they made a little plastic piece that goes over the trigger for people to have quick access if they're just putting their gun down and they have like a dog running around. Mm-hmm. It's actually a thing.
0: So okay, you got a dog proof. You know, like your dog ate your homework. No one believe that. Yeah,
3: dog <laughs> you know. or children. I mean, yeah. I, listen. You guys know being around firearms. How right. many times have you seen someone with like zero trigger discipline? They'll like go to grab a gun. For and sure. They'll put their finger right on that trigger, and it you know all it takes is
0: yeah you know pounds of pressure, and it's over. Yeah. You know? Now this was a twenty-two. I'm assuming it was a twenty-two pistol. If it was in, if it was um in. In like the uh, the the armrest or something like that. I guess the armrest was open. I'm so I would have to see the mechanics of how this happened. But I guess it could like dogs have like a little you know their they can have a little claw. Maybe if it gets over and the dog pulls it back, maybe that's enough pressure or whatever to set it off. Yeah, um, I, I just like think.
3: the fact that somebody was yelling at the dog, like yeah. saying, "This is your this fucking." Is your- ball.
0: Yeah. That's why I don't believe it. That's why I don't believe it. This dog was set up. The dog can never testify as to what happened. You know, the dog is, the dog, yeah, exactly. The dog is like Lassie, you know, the cops come over there and the cop's like, what are you saying, Lassie? You didn't do it?
2: <laughs>
0: you know? Got a red flag, that dog. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. I don't know. I, I Listen, I, I think, yes, anything's possible. Obviously, we've seen like in training. Uh, what was that thing? There was a thing where someone was training, and uh, they threw the gun on the floor and, like, mash it around, I guess, in gravel or whatever, and the trigger went off, right? Hair trigger. Um, yeah. Yeah. So
3: Yeah, I saw it all the time at Eagle, man. There were so many people that would do things, uh, or they would... I mean, you know, when something happens like that, um, you have all these these lawsuits and you have all these lawyers that examine the guns and they send Mm -hmm. them to, you know, warranty shops and stuff like that. Or you have their experts come in. People would file the triggers all the time Mm because somebody told them to do it. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, so it would be, you know, it'd go off just for anything. And people Mm -hmm. put guns in their purse and they don't do anything to secure them. Like it's 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 interesting what. People do. Yeah. People drop their guns all the time. I've seen this. Uh, you know, w- that's what you have insurance for, right? Is to pay these guys off sometimes because mm-hmm. they'll ask for like three million dollars and then you settle for <laughs> like ten k and some medical. Uh-huh. Um, but they they be carrying it like uh, Wendy's and they go into the bathroom and they drop their gun while they're going to the bathroom and instead of just letting it hit the floor, they they, they, they go down the for it and grab it and then they shoot the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, it's I, I've seen it a lot. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I used to only sell 60 to 80,000 guns a
0: year. I can't imagine some of the stories that come out of probably Ruger or Smith and Wesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. CB says get a real holster. I'm going to hit throw up some comments. Adam Smith says dogs just trying to do away with unwanted owners um okay uh rocky mountain bear says my great dane has a tail that feels like i'm getting shot (laughs) it hits everything too that's that's true yeah my dog's like that uh uncle mike says fido gate uh john Voorhees says um the dog is going to jail uh and cb says that's pause for concern Pause for concern. So there you go. <laughs> Wordplay. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I Listen, anything could happen. Yeah, anything could happen. But I think these people are a little bit crazy. If you're on the 911 call and you're trying to blame the dog, that's a setup.
3: If you're on the 911 call and you try to blame the dog, you need your own reality show.
0: <laughs>
2: <True>.
0: <laughs> yeah that's just yeah, a that's real sound <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, Rocky Mountain Bear says dogs get capital punishment for the slightest offenses um, Imposter says that sounds like a car move yeah I, I don't know man I don't know if I believe that you know we're gonna have to maybe there'll be some further investigations here or something like that you know but definitely a good excuse
2: like the dog.
0: yeah just blame it on the dog you know um let's see i think that's pretty much i've got there's a whole bunch of news here i don't know have you guys seen anything in the news that you want to that you want to get into any uh news articles uh nothing i can think of at the moment um i see walmart now the truth about guns has this now walmart is dropping um air guns also uh now walmart is dropping sales of air pistols too the retreat of Walmart from the gun business continues apace. The Arkansas retail giant conspicuously announced that they stopped selling handgun and AR caliber ammunition in response to pressure campaign by, anti-government, by anti-gun government by anti groups following the shootings in El Paso and Dayton. It's not clear if Walmart is under the misapprehension they can appease civilian disarmament groups with the move or if dropping ammunition sales was just the first step in a gradual strategy to back out of firearm sales altogether, hoping their customers won't notice. Um, whatever the company's larger strategy, they've now decided to end the sales of air pistols. So there you go. No more air. You can't get those cheap air pistols at Walmart anymore. I don't know if you guys ever bought them. I see them in Walmart all the time. I never. I knew
1: them. that was coming.
0: Yeah. You
1: okay. knew that was coming.
0: You yeah. gotta wonder though. Like, do they?
3: I mean, just. You know, and, and that's all, I go on a lot of shows, and I, I don't really get to talk about the business aspect of the firearms industry because mm-hmm, usually mm-hmm. you're talking about topics or mm-hmm. you know organizations. But
2: mm-hmm. you got
3: to think that they have some pretty sharp people at Walmart that are looking at the bottom line. And sometimes I wonder if there it's a little bit of virtue signaling, but behind the scenes. It's also a business decision.
0: Like a strategy, um,
3: right? To to yeah, kill two like, birds with one stone, maybe? Exactly. Like yeah. we're really getting rid of this because it doesn't sell or it's a saturated market and there's mm-hmm. no margin in this stuff anymore. But well, why don't we go out there and grandstand a little bit and mm-hmm. say it's because we're trying to do the right thing? You know? Yeah.
0: It's uh I don't, I don't That's a good it. perspective from someone in the industry, man. I think you're pretty close on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, if there was money in this, Walmart's not, I mean, maybe they just have too much competition now, you know, yeah. I mean, they just feel like, Hey, we're not doing anything here. You're right, man. That's a good point. You yeah. Know? I think
1: yeah. the Metal state army was the one that kind of wipe Walmart out from oh, Southern PSA? firearms.
3: I think so. Okay. Yeah. 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 In South Carolina. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot, the industry's in a weird place right now. Um, it, it, you know, we've been kind of reeling from the Trump slump. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I got out at the perfect time, to to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer is never a good time. It's always good. For, this is all, all good stuff for consumers, right? So mm-hmm. everybody in this chat, yeah. like this is a time when you can find things and mm-hmm. things are cheap and you can get this stuff. Um, but from an industry perspective, just knowing some of the players that have gone out of business in the last year, Mm-hmm. Um I wouldn't be shocked if you didn't
0: see some firearms companies going under yeah and and then this big the last news from Walmart was the ammo thing, right, and I think there's just a lots of deals for ammo um online and stuff like that if you think about it so. You know, the deals like the amount of deals and places, sources that you can get deals from, is just going up. And a lot of that is better done online versus in store. So yeah, you know, I think it's a really good point, man. I mean, they, they probably just, um, you know, if we really looked at their numbers, if we really looked at their books, they were probably just losing here. And then decided yeah. to like uh, you know, jujitsu people or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. <you know?
0: laughs> and turn it it's on. Around the corner.
1: Take this joke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, listen, it's we're over nine o'clock. You know, we definitely have to have Michael come back here again. But let's uh let's wrap it up right now. Um, I'm gonna start with you. Um Mike Sedini, would you tell the folks out there how they can support you, how they can get in touch with you if they've watched the show tonight and they feel like they need to reach out to you or help you guys out? How can they do that?
3: Uh, You could get a hold of me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Michael Sedini, at Michael Sedini, or you could just go to Walk the Talk US, uh, Mm -hmm. Walk the Talk US on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter um, we respond pretty quickly. Uh, if somebody else gets your messages directed to me, they'll, they'll give it to me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then one of the other things that I kind of wanted to bring up, uh, before we run away is, uh, is anyone going to the two A rally in DC?
0: um, Okay, good question. Um, Yeah. Are you able to, are you able to do that one, Mike? Yes. Okay. All right. I know that, um, I'm not going to be able to be there just because I've already made, plans before all this came up but i'd like to do as much as i can to uh, help promote it so um so you know what did you what did you want to say about that sadini anything you want to say about that go ahead uh
3: one way you could get a hold of me or if you want to meet me or punch me in the face, whatever, is just go to, <laughs> go to DC on the <laughs> November 2nd to mm-hmm. support uh, this 2A rally. There's going to be people from all walks of life uh, speaking at this event. I'll be one of the speakers as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to, for people to understand about this rally is uh, there might be some gun people that you identify with and really dig what they say. And then there might be some that you don't but mm-hmm. we're still there for our 2A rights and we're showing up peacefully mm-hmm. um, and to make a point. So if you're there mm-hmm. and you want to say hi to me, uh, please do. Uh, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I yeah. just want to bring some attention to the rally. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a, it's a neat event.
0: Yeah. And how can folks who want to go there or who want to find out info, how can they find out info about that? Either one of you guys.
1: I know uh, you can do a Google search and you put in like um, the Second Amendment rally. Mm-hmm. And DC on the second or something.
3: Yeah, Second Amendment um, Rally uh, dot is it org or dot com? It's one of the.
0: It's one of the. It's right. One of the two. Yeah, we and were talking about up, this yesterday. Um, yeah,
1: it was like yeah. an article and some videos. Mm-hmm. It'll pull up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you can register. Yeah, and they're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. Um, you know, and and if you can't make it, like I said, do what you can help promote it or support the guys who are able to uh, who are able to go out there. That's what we're trying to do. Um, so let's see. All right. So Woodland, how can the folks out there keep up with you, man? All
1: right. First of all, let me say thanks to Veterland for subscribing to my YouTube channel. I really do appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, I still have the GoFundMe going on. So if you want to go to gofundme.com forward slash LEO training, I would appreciate it for anyone who can donate to help us get some law enforcement officers and jujitsu training for a year. If you like to follow me, you can mm-hmm. follow me on Instagram by looking up at Munitions Weapons Tactical
2: mm-hmm.
1: on Facebook, just M-W Tactical. And if you go to GunTube, I mean, I'm sorry, YouTube and GunStreamer, and if you just look up M-W Tactical or Munitions Weapons Tactical, you'll find my channels on both. But if you're having a hard time with that, just go to www.m-wtactical.com, go to the uh, media links page, and you'll find everything I'm a part of.
0: Yeah. Okay. cool. Um, Let's see. Uh, Jason St. Pierre says available for face punching. That's dedication.
3: That's how I move, man.
0: (laughs) I go go all in. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I feel like I didn't really, uh, you know, this since this is the first time I wanted to really get into the background stuff. I feel like there's some other things I wanted to get into. So we have to get you to come back, uh, Michael. Uh, Yeah, man. I wanted to get into like, you know, I heard you were Abercrombie and, and Finch model or something like that. Yes, yeah, that was so. many moons ago, yeah. many pounds ago. But I, yeah. I lived. In New York. I was trying to find <laughs> pictures. So someone, I a, I was like trying to, to find go pictures.
1: go through his Instagram.
0: Oh, okay, his, it's in the yeah, Instagram. Okay. <laughs> I lived
3: in New York City for three years, and I was I modeled. So cool. Yeah, I'm not hating. Watching. I'm not hating. Yeah, man. Yeah, we probably <laughs> hung out
0: in some of the same areas <laughs> if you were from New York City as well. Yeah. So yeah, grew up in New York. My kids, my kids were born in Jersey, so we lived in Jersey as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, so I totally, uh, I totally get it there. But yeah, I was looking before the show, I was like, let me see if I can find some pictures right hey, here.
3: Hey, I'm just your average ex-model turned gun dealer, I, you
0: know. Well, so. just a <laughs> Who hasn't lived that, that life, you know? <laughs> Who hasn't lived that life? But yeah, we'll definitely do that. We'll, we'll have you come back. Of course, Michael Woodland from MW Tactical, man. Thanks for always being here. <laughs> You know, Appreciate your perspective. Thanks to everyone out there. I'm going to drop, let me drop my my end thing here. So if you guys are not subscribed, this is the time. Subscribe to the channel. Thumbs up, okay? Make your comments, all that kind of good stuff. And ring the bell so you can be notified whenever we throw up videos here. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Have fun. We will see you tomorrow. We'll be back for a show tomorrow. We're out. Any final words, guys? Anyone's got any final?
1: Drink water, even though it's getting cold.
0: Drink water? Okay. All right, yeah. that's a good one. got
3: to stay hydrated. 2A Two, rally on November 2nd. Come yeah. support the uh, the gun
0: community. Yeah, November 2nd. Drink a lot of water while you're out there. Remember, you got to bring that P chart with you. You know, if the if the P gets real dark, you're about to die. That's all I can <laughs> say to you. Make
2: sure it's clear. Just make sure it's that's
0: yeah. <laughs> We're out of here. Peace. See ya. <laughs>